Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. It's Chase and Josh with Factor Fantasy with the last episode of 2021. And we had to save the best for last. Today, we will be tackling Spider-Man No Way Home. So we're going to give the disclaimer right here, right now. If you have not seen this movie, we know it's only been about a week since it came out. Turn off the podcast now. Because we were to go through this the same way we do all of our one-shot film episodes where I'm going to have Chase go ahead and take over the entirety of this. Spider-Man is Chase's favorite superhero, has been for as long as I've known him, probably a lot longer than that. So he's going to take the lead here with this one, and he's going to go through a recap summary of the movie. So if you have not seen it, now is the time. There is no going back from here. So again, spoiler alert. If you have not seen Spider-Man No Way Home, you're not going to want to listen any further than this. So with that being said, though, I'll turn the floor over to Chase. He'll say a couple words, and then we're just going to dive right into it. We're going to kind of do this very similarly to, like I said, we do all of our one-shot film episodes where he'll go through the recap summary. We'll give our takeaways about the film as a whole. Then we'll go ahead and finish up with some debates, and then we'll get out of here for 2021. And then the next time you guys will see us, it will be 2022. So with that being said, Chase, go ahead and take it away, my man. Yeah, man. If you haven't seen the movie and don't want to, though, and want to save some money, well, that's what we're here for. <laughs> so, yeah. But uh, by the way, just this, I got to say, uh, Jay Nelly and I were lucky enough to actually go see this premiere night. And man, those the audience's reactions, it's been a long time since I've been and especially with even the pandemic and everything going on but just that reaction of being in a crowd like that again uh just made me feel so good what do you think Nelly? i agree man uh you know it wasn't quite the level of excitement that i remember from like endgame right when certain things got on screen but it was still pretty cool you know when certain things happen and we had some claps in the audience we got some woos and all that so it was still cool you know for it was an interactive audience um, not the craziest I've ever seen it, but it was still pretty cool to see, especially like you said, you know, because I believe Endgame was released in 2019, so we've had some time in between then and now where we had the pandemic. There wasn't any theaters for a while, like people going in to watch movies in theaters. A lot of things were on like Disney Plus and other streaming services, and so uh, it was cool to kind of get back in the saddle, uh, have a full theater packed, all wanting to see the same thing. So yeah, man, I agree. Let's roll with it, man. Yeah, it's uh, first before we get started, let's go ahead and get a little malice in the chalice. I am off work tomorrow, so I'm gonna go ahead and pour this with my uh, dragon wine pour. <laughs> yeah, it's good stuff, man. I am not off of work tomorrow, so your boy over here drinking the good old <laughs> H2O. Take it easy. Yeah, <laughs> cheers, malice man. in the chalice. Malice in the chalice, cheers, brother. 2021 coming to an end. Cheers, brother. Cheers to a new year. Um, yeah, honestly, uh, Spider-Man is really... I got to say this. He's actually what got me into really fantasy fiction in general. I still remember seeing the original one uh, in theaters in the fifth grade. And actually, uh, you know, I've been a Harry Potter fan for so long. Um, I had first read the first two Harry Potter books, but... Um, then I saw the Spider-Man movie, so it was really Harry Potter and Spider-Man is like what made my childhood. So, uh, and I think that's partly because you know that was kind of like 
if anyone was <laughs> Peter Parker in school, that was me. Like I wasn't exactly the coolest guy, <laughs> but uh, somewhat, somewhat in shape and athletic. So let's <laughs> take it for what it's worth. But yeah, man, uh, let's go ahead and dive into it. You ready to get started or any comments you want to oh, make on that? Let's do it, man. Let's give the people what they came here to see. I'll let you go ahead and take us through that summary and we'll, we'll get the show on the road. Let's do it, brother. So as we get started here, so the movie opens up and as you first see the Sony sign, the Columbia picture sign and Marvel, as you know, you've seen Iron Man, Hulk, that little thread there. What we're hearing is Quentin Beck. And if you forget from Far From Home, just so everyone has a little reminder here, remember at the end of Far From Home, everyone is finding out who Spider-Man is from Jonah Jameson who uh, because Quentin Beck was Mysterio and uh, he told everyone who Spider-Man was after there's a little clip there that's misconstrued by the media the Daily Bugle where uh, Spider-Man Peter Parker was actually saying execute them all to stop the drones but it sounds like he's saying to murder Quentin Beck so uh, so it it says uh, so the drone and Beck you know all that was going on in Beck they're blaming him for his death jonah jameson so he says people looked up to this boy and called him a hero but you know what i called him public enemy number one so this shows what a problem they're gonna have right now and it immediately starts off just right where the other one ended so spider-man and mj you know they're on top of the buildings and he's swinging back and forth and he's freaking out right now because the public's all against them so she's just like you should just swing me yeah uh we could we could take the subway and they're coming up with all these different ideas on how to get back without being pursued by the cops right so they swing off this big tower where you kind of have the iconic moment that you've probably seen in the trailer before and then they swing right into the subway tunnel and the first thing you see is they just dodge this big train and the movie opens up with a bang so first thing I saw, thought that was so funny with this movie is it tries to still keep in the comedic effect. So first thing in Peter's mind is, I'm gonna go right back to my apartment to try to sort this whole thing out. So back at his apartment, Happy, if you forget, was trying to start a relationship with Aunt May back in Far From Home. So right as they're getting back there, kind of feel bad for this guy. <laughs> he's getting, uh, He's getting the axe <laughs> right at the door, man. Like he's getting broke up with right at the door. But luckily, as uh, Peter comes through the window, he hears him. And he's like, maybe I should go check that out. Just entirely disregards Aunt May, goes right to the room. And this was so funny because, of course, Peter is actually just taken off his Spidey suit. But MJ is in there with him and they open the door and he's in his underwear. So you tell me what that looks like. <laughs> so i thought it was so funny of course aunt may was even like you're so awkward about sex peter and he's like this isn't about sex <laughs> of course they're not gonna believe him at all but they turn on the news and he opens the window and this is when you see it says uh you know it just shows peter parker as public enemy number one at this point and they know they're about to have a problem a few minutes later federal agents just bust through the door aunt may is trying not to let him in but they got an arrest warrant already for Peter and he's brought in for questioning. And uh, so he's trying to explain these things for the cops. And the first thing he even says is Nick Fury was there. Why don't you ask them? And this is kind of a big point because it doesn't play a lot into this film. However, it could possibly play 
a mention into later runs on what Nick Fury was doing. And they say, Nick Fury has been off location for two months. So now... Not even, we, like, not even just off location. He's been off the planet. So like, what, yeah. what's he been doing off the planet for this time? That's a great point to bring up. Yeah, so it's very, very interesting. Quick question on this, because Jay Nelly could probably help me out on this. But he was in Far From Home. So it's very, very interesting. What what do you think about that? Do you think it's really been a long time, or that's the that's the question, right? I'm not sure. Like, uh, I don't know if maybe they're playing that as a good cop, bad cop thing, making it seem like because uh, you know Nick Fury probably is not going to answer to low level police force, so maybe they were trying to say that to scare Peter, or he really is off the planet doing something uh, that'll tie into the future of you know stuff that's going to kind of come into play that we'll go through in just a second. So. I don't know. It could, it could be either one, but it depends on what kind of time frame we're looking at from Far From Home. If this picked up right in the same day as Far From Home, it wouldn't really make sense because Nick Fury was was a prevalent you know figure throughout Far From Home. So I'm not really sure. It depends on uh, the time frame that they're trying to cut between Far From Home and No Way Home. Definitely. Um, so at this point, so federal agents are questioning May, MJ, and Ned, and I got to give respect to these guys. Because any normal high schooler, like you would think, like me, that's why you never want to rob a bank with me. Like, you know, instantly I'd be like, I did it. <laughs> this is so bad, man. But these these guys hold their own. So they even threatened May with child endangerment and Ned with being an accomplice. And I thought that, like, how low is that? Like, you threatened his aunt with child endangerment. Like, so, so messed up. Um, and then we get kind of our huge big first reaction from the audience at this point it shows them all back in the apartment and then all of a sudden the camera pans up matt murdoch from daredevil baby bringing the mcu marvel universe back uh he's sitting down and advising man happy and peter that they need a really good lawyer and he says peter you're gonna need a really good lawyer there is still to account for public opinion and then all of a sudden, someone throws a brick through the window, and he stops it with his left hand. And Peter's just like, how, how did you do that? And Matt just goes, I'm a really good lawyer. And May just says, we're going to need another place to live then. <laughs> what an amazing moment. What do you think about that moment, man? Like, what a shock that was to me. Yeah, I mean, I, that's going to be the next big entrance, right? It's got to be. Uh, with, with Matt Murdock. I am really excited to see that. Uh, I, that's one of the biggest takeaways that I put down and highlighted on, on my end, too. So uh, I I was actually more excited for the entrance of Matt Murdock than I was for some other things that happened later on in this movie that you're going to go over. So I, I loved it, man. I was a big fan. Love it, brother. Great stuff. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm super stoked for where this goes. But So MJ and Peter are discussing the situation at night over FaceTime when Happy's, like, pretending... He's asleep at this moment. MJ tells Peter that, you know, you kind of see that their relationship, they really do care about one another. And and that's what's great is you really keep seeing the spark between them despite uh, some of the most challenging times of their life right now. And um, despite him being the most famous person, (laughs) satire here, being sarcastic in the entire world, but... Peter saying he's still broke. Uh, she's excited to see him. So it's just nice seeing that little spark between those two. But Peter and MJ then go to the school the next day, which you almost think like they're going to a courtroom or something at first. This is also where you kind of see 
um, you know, just Flash Thompson runs up to them. Who he was in Homecoming and Far From Home. I remember he always acted like Spider-Man was awesome, but Peter was just a piece of shit. Like in Far From Home, he even said, "Oh, what's up, Dick Watt? I thought you drowned." <laughs> but now he's over here acting like. You know, Peter and him are the were always the best friends, and he was always there, like to look out for him, right? Um, so I just thought this was hysterical. Also, in the back, this is a, I think this is a big moment because you can actually even point this out in the first trailer if you ever watch it. But there's a poster that has uh, basically a mustache and horns on Peter Parker, Tom Holland, and it says "Devil in Disguise," and I think that's a big moment there for what possibly could be coming at some point in the MCU future. So I thought it was a big moment, but uh, so they finally get away from it. MJ after they MJ and Peter get away from it and they finally get on the rooftop. Um, by the way, what was funny was when they go into the high school, of course they've made like a shrine of Peter Parker. Like he's so great. And they're all like, feel free just to swing through or, or, you know, crawl through on the walls <laughs> if you want to. <laughs> yeah, go for it. I just also want to bring up the fact that I thought this was pretty cool too, that when they were entering the school, there was like two two sides were divided. There was like the pro Spider Man side and like the people who were against Spider Man's side on opposite sides of the fence while they were walking through there and they're like shouting things at each other. And it had a lot of historical significance from things in the past. So I thought that was really cool. It was excellent. Loved it. And actually you brought up a really good point because uh remember even the teachers, like I feel like two of them like one of them remember he was he like made it secretly but then the other guy was like oh he made he made that for you but the uh one i think i can't remember exactly which one it was you'll have to clear me up on that but one was like really against peter yeah <laughs> the other one was it it was uh the i know the actor's name is hannibal burris uh i don't know what his character name in, in was the movie but it was whoever was played by hannibal burris he was the one that was like against spider-man and like was pro mysterio um so yeah that was funny but like jb smooth and like the other guy i don't know they got their character names but they were pro pro peter parker pro spider-man and the other teacher was not you are correct <laughs> love it <laughs> um so and then we get kind of to a, a big point right so they get away from it all and mj and peter are on the roof and of course like they're about to have this intimate moment and kiss as they're talking and then ned just interrupts out of nowhere like biggest block in the world man like worst worst timing ever but ned's a good dude but long story short is they all agree because they all want to get away from it all to apply to mit so that they have a fresh start and mj says a big quote here and she says if you expect disappointment then you can never really be disappointed and then they all this is when they all say come on peter says come on it will be a fresh start and we'll all be here together and um ned just goes fresh start and they all put their hands in so they're all like all for this just getting away at the moment here so the letters start to come in after they're applying to mit and this is another flash thompson perfect moment right so one thing cool i did want to bring up was they're going to open up their last letter here over in actually the diner that MJ's working in, this is really, this is important to say because it's really a testament to the original Spider-Man 2, which uh, next week <laughs> we're gonna go into our, our rankings there. So don't worry, we didn't forget about the originals. 
All you diehard, iconic Spider-Man fan fanatics, don't worry. <laughs> we got you covered. But, um, so, uh, Flash Thompson shows up, right? And he's like, you guys didn't get in? <laughs> and then Ned goes, no, because we're actually friends with Spider-Man. <laughs> I thought it was absolutely fantastic. And you're just like, the most awkward moment just goes, oh. Okay, well, I got like a mixer I, I need to go to, but... <laughs> just like close the diner door behind them. Oh, it was great, man. So this brings us to where we are, to where everything starts to go crazy, right? So Peter, he goes to see Doctor Strange. First of all, I got a question to ask you. <laughs> this actually gets acknowledged a little bit later on. But why would this be the first thing in your mind to go see Doctor Strange if you're in this situation? I don't know. I remember, like, I don't remember the exact moment where he thought of Doctor Strange. Oh, it was because he was looking at those those decorations, and it almost looked like Doctor Strange's oh, yeah. face a little bit. And so in his mind, he's like, oh, well, this this wizard can change things around. So before anything else, he decides, like, that's what the, the lengths that we're jumping to already. Which, you're right, it does kind of get addressed uh, by Doctor Strange here in just a bit. But it is funny that of all the things to do, that was the first thing that came to his mind <laughs> talk about like an easy way out <laughs> like ah dr strange can fix this shit <laughs> all right man <laughs> great um so peter goes to see dr strange uh to solve the issue and then uh it, of course peter's like I, i'm i'm sorry to bother you sir and then uh it, then strange just looks at him and goes please we saved half the universe together we're way behind you calling me sir all right, Steven then. Oh, that feels weird, but I'll allow it. <laughs> that was great. It was absolutely phenomenal. Um, but Strange tells him that he doesn't have the time stone anymore. So there's no way he can just like turn back time. Not that he would really agree with that anyways, but they start discussing a matter. And Peter, you know, I think this is what kind of, makes strange buy-in at this point is he isn't just like all really like you know i need your help man you know all this stuff he does seem really sincere um that you know he just really doesn't know what to do at this point and then so strings brings up the idea he said but i could use the ruins of cough call to cast a spell and make everyone forget spider-man and this is when they start going back and forth and strange's assistant uh i can't remember his name what's strange's assistant he's also in uh shang chi his name is wong and he's actually not the assistant he's now the supreme leader of the of the clan so yeah <laughs> there you go supreme guy man i had one up on me <laughs> one up on me man but he tells him remember he was like i want nothing to do with this and he's walking out and remember strange is like uh, he tells him, he asks him if he remembers a party. He just goes, no. And Strange was telling him that it's been used for a lot less before. <laughs> so, very interesting that now we're just suddenly casting spells <laughs> to make memory charms. But, um, so at this point, so Strange is like, all right, whatever. He brings him to, like, I call it the Strange, Doctor Strange Lair, but they said it was used on, like, an episode of Equalizer, whatever it was. <laughs> Um, and as they're doing the spell, so Strange is casting the spell. And remember, Peter's like, uh, 
so he keeps mentioning that he doesn't want everyone just to forget Spider-Man. He's like, well, what about MJ, my girlfriend? And he goes, okay, well, we'll redo this. And he goes back to doing the spell. And he goes, okay, everyone's about to forget Spider-Man except your girlfriend. He goes, well, what about May? You know, May knows that I couldn't just put her that again. What about Ned? Ned's with me from the beginning. He's just like, please stop. Like, basically, he's about to ruin this entire spell. And remember, he makes him recast the spell six times <laughs> and it just gets entirely botched spell goes everywhere everything is basically it these gold like circles looks like jupiter's uh, rings just explode everywhere but strange contains it and he even tells him you know if it wasn't for him shutting that spell down something catastrophic could have happened and he said the issue is you're trying to live two different lives. If you can't convince them to try to plead your case, there's nothing I can do. Full circle moment. <laughs> what I was talking about before. And then Parker just goes, like, plead my case. And Strange says, remember Strange was saying, you didn't think to do that before? And this is when Strange is just pissed now. Like, he's just absolutely annoyed. And, um... So Parker decides from this point that he's going to go try to plead his case with the MIT chancellor because Flash Thompson uh, knows the MIT chancellor and he makes a deal with Flash Thompson that he'll tell everyone he's his best friend if he can tell him where the chancellor is. So Flash Thompson says she's on, a way, on her way to the airport right now as we speak. So of course Peter's like, well, oh shit, here we go. So he starts you know, heading towards the highway to go track her down finds her in this i guess it was like a limo or an uber car whatever she was doing but peter finally gets and approaches the chancellor uh i said she was in an uber <laughs> was she in an uber or what was that i'm assuming it was an uber i think it was an uber it looked like an uber to me looked like an uber to me man but as he's like talking to her and trying to convince her that it's not mj and ned because he's trying to convince people that ned and mj need a shot and i think this is a big important issue to bring up is i think part of the reason everyone likes peter parker so much is a lot of the times he's not looking out for himself if he was looking out for himself he would have included himself in there but he was really just looking out for mj and ned so that they can get into college so as he's bringing this up though all of a sudden the peter tingle goes off baby fucking pinger to peter tingle time fuck yeah Spidey senses tingling, bitch. <laughs> Anyways, so all of a sudden, at this moment, cars start exploding from the ground up on the bridge that they're on, on the expressway. Everyone is starting to get off the bridge. Arms are going everywhere, and we start seeing these metal octopus-looking arms just flipping cars from the ground up. Guess who it is? And all you hear is... Hello, Peter. <laughs> and it's Otto Octavius is back, baby. Uh, just his curly hair still. He's got his spectacle glasses, the big jacket, and the big-ass octopus arms, man. Full circle moment at his finest. And first thing you hear is, what have you done with my machine power of the sun in the palm of my hand? And then Peter's just like, what What are you talking about? Like, has no idea what's going on. And this is a big full circle moment back to Spider-Man 2. Because when it ended, remember, 
we'll get into other things later. We don't want to ruin things. But remember, his machine drowns along with himself. That <laughs> really drowned in the bottom of the ocean. Um, so this is when Otto goes, you want to play games? And just starts flipping cars, attacking Peter, man. Shit's going crazy. Not sure what's going on. Otto goes, I should have killed your little girlfriend when I had the chance. And this moment is when Peter's like, all right, there's no run anymore. We're not saving people at this moment. It's time to kick ass and take names, baby. And this was great. And I love this moment that they put together because we have at this moment uh, with his Spidey suit on, he's in the Iron Spider suit now that Iron Man gave him with the nanotech technology. And he has the arms, the steel arms coming out that he hasn't had in any other suit. So now you have spider arms against octopus arms, baby. Holy shit. Never happened before. Let's get ready to rumble. Fuck yeah. Let's get it going, baby. So they just start going at it blow for blow. It's absolutely badass. Otto throws Peter up in the air and then is holding him over the expressway uh, sign. And then as he's pushing him, he attempts to push him through a helicopter blade and then Peter winds up breaking free. Peter notices in the corner of his eye that the car with the Chancellor behind it is about to fall off the bridge due to it collapsing. He shoots a web, dives off the bridge, pulls up the car with his arm, and you have this moment where it's kind of like a, uh, almost like a, a step back to like Spider-Man Homecoming where he's holding the car, but also a little bit of Amazing Spider-Man 1, <laughs> which is pretty cool. He webs the car to the bridge, uh, and is trying to get the Chancellor out. As this is happening, so Otto grabs Peter's arm and then throws him against the side of the wall and just goes, nanotechnology, nice upgrade. And then at this moment, he goes and uses the arm and like smashes it against Peter's chest. And at this moment here, this is when, you know, his nanotechnology suit kind of like erupts, I guess like splits. And then you can kind of see like his tie and then the suits there, like this big gaping hole. But at this moment here, right before, um, so right at this moment here, this is when you have like Peter, I guess he used, how do you describe it? I guess he like grabbed, like when he attached to the suit, all of a sudden the arm starts turning red. Almost like you had Iron Man's hand that turned red with like the gauntlet and stuff. Can you describe that for me? Yeah, it was almost in a way similar to how a symbiote latches onto a host. So with the nanotech, when Dr. Otto Octavius grabbed the, the chest plate and ripped it off him like you were just talking about, the technology like kind of disintegrated and, and like was forming onto the octopus arms now. So now it's like Doc Ock has uh iron man arms for uh, octopus things it's like a fusion of the of the two with that nanotechnology so that's kind of what it was like it was awesome you want to tell him what happened next real quick once he once he did that though it's all i'll, I'll tell you him. man yeah this is <laughs> talk this is about movie. backfiring man <laughs> <laughs> so it's badass moment like the nanotechnology you know the arms almost turned red almost like a nice upgrade auto good shit but because of the nanotechnology, now Peter's in control. So he just starts moving the arms and he just starts laughing. Typical Peter Parker laugh, like just having fun with this, almost like a video game. Like Otto's no longer in control. 
<laughs> so, uh, which is kind of like another uh, reference back to Spider-Man 2 where they were like, listen to me now. And then Peter's like, listen to me now. <laughs> it was just great. I thought it was fantastic. But right when we think everything's going to be a-okay, right? Now we got a problem. So <laughs> at this moment, all of a sudden, you see this bomb explode and then five cars in a row and you look and guess what bomb it was fucking green goblin pumpkin bomb and green goblin is coming out of nowhere so the most badass villain of all in spider-man he is the joker of spider-man down to the t octavius looks at him and just goes osborne and then everything just transports back to where they were in doctor strange's world uh, back in the Doctor Strange equalizer layer, right? As they're transported back. So Strange transports Peter back, and Peter's chest is still missing that spot where the nanotech arm hit him and all that stuff. But Strange says, be careful what you wish for. And he shows him that he's now caught the lizard, if you remember from Amazing Spider-Man 1, is now in almost like... What would you call those things? They were almost like caves with little uh, doors on them. Yeah, they were. They were thing. They were obviously magic redu- reducing cell to hold these mutants in because they couldn't use their powers while they were in there. So if you guys remember, if you guys had seen it, uh, Doc Ock's arms were were actually you know underneath the ground, like almost like they were trapped in the earth of that cell where he was. And obviously, we had. Uh, the rep- the reptilian uh, guy, what's his name? Doctor Connor something. I can't remember the, like his last name. Uh, yeah, Doctor Con- Connor. Yeah, Kurt Kurt Connor. I think I think Kurt it's Kurt Connor. Connor. Uh, yeah, Doctor Kurt Connor. Like, he was uh, you know in, in his reptile form and trapped behind one of them too. So I just think that they were holding cells that negated any sort of like supernatural ability. Definitely. I had a question about this. I don't know if it's any reference at all. It probably isn't. But I just thought it looked really similar to... Remember at the end of Amazing Spider-Man 2 where they were kind of like trying to tease the Sinister Six and those little uh, things? It looked very similar to that. So I don't know if that was like a little, you know, a little Easter egg kind of nudge. But I thought it was cool, I guess. I mean, what can you do, right? Yeah, I, I, I agree with you. I don't think that that was like a nod to it at all. Um, but I do know what you're talking about, like the very end where we saw like the suits for Rhino and Vulture and uh, uh, Doc Ox, like the stuff. So um, those more so seemed like laboratory like things where uh, I would think, like I said, I think the underneath Doctor Strange's lair, I think it was just like a holding cell. It was almost like a dungeon of sorts, just allowed that the things that they were in just disallowed them to use their magical ability. Uh, except 100%. for one person who we're about to see, which you know, happens to be Doctor Strange himself, not to ruin anything. But, uh, <laughs> I thought that was pretty cool, so I'll go ahead and take it. Absolutely. No, I love it. Um, so at this point, so back where we're uh, back where we're here. So then Octavius tells them that uh, the Goblin was Norman Osborn, and he says. you know he was saying it can't be him because Norman Osborn if you remember back to Spider-Man 1 died years ago so either it can be him it can't be him or you're flying out into the darkness to catch ghosts and that's just such a badass line 
Because imagine if you're hearing that if you're Peter Parker. Like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> there was one other part there too, and it might come after that. I don't. This is. I'm just doing off memory. But mm-hmm. I remember Doctor Strange asked uh, Doc Ock. He's like, uh, "Is it? Is there a Spider-Man in where you're from?" He said, "Yes." He said, "Is he? You're Peter Parker." And right. he said, "No." So now we're starting to see like like we're getting in from other different universes. So we're starting to kind of get that pull in from that multiverse that that was teased in the trailer and and the kind of not even just that but also in loki as well and you know starting to come everything's starting to come full circle of where this movie's going to be taken so i thought that was pretty cool important part to, to mention absolutely great point yeah that was right when uh uh otto had actually trapped him against the wall and put the arm on him and that's when he says you're not peter parker just yeah, like well, uh, yeah, even you know, we actually I was talking about when Doctor Strange asked him because like that, that's, like that did happen what you're talking about. But I'm talking about like, when they were in the the dungeon area too, when he was already behind like the glass seal or whatever. Doctor Strange asked him, he's like, "Is there a Peter Parker in your timeline?" And he said, "Yes." And he's like, "Is that him?" He said, "No." So that that was pretty cool. I thought that was important to detail. Love it. No, that's awesome. Uh, great point, by the way. Yeah, it definitely needed to be brought up. Um, so at this point. Peter says that he'll need help fixing this situation. And, uh, of course, you have Otto and the lizard are in the glass chambers. But uh, Strange allows Ned and MJ to help Peter. And this is when he says, in the trailer, you say, Scooby-Doo this crap. Well, I was pretty... We don't like to (laughs) not keep things clean on this show. But he actually says... Scooby-Doo this shit. <laughs> that was great. I thought it was fantastic, man. It was fantastic. Um, what I, what so I think is point, more great oh, yeah, is sorry. the fact that you just said we'd like to keep things clean on the show when anyone watched any of our episodes. Uh, that our, our verbalization does not uh, support your hypothesis there. We say what we say when we say it. So I'll just throw that out there. Especially when the tipsy gypsy card is in play. <laughs> that's that's the kicker there. There's been no tipsy card played yet on me, so I'm good. <laughs> but uh, So I thought this was cool. You actually pointed this part out to me in the movie, which was really cool. So explain, can you explain what that suit was and with the duct tape for our audience when they go to uh, catch the next villain? Yeah, so I think it was because he had that chest plate ripped out by Doc Ock, and they ended up, it looked, you guys, it was kind of funny because you think about it, what men always do and say is like duct tape can kind of fix anything, right? So they kind of like like strapped up this uh, almost like FaceTime on a cell phone. It looked like a, like a big cell phone, maybe a mini tablet, whatever it was, like while you're on, fa- he was on FaceTime with MJ and Ned. And he was going out to face these things with duct tape on his spider suit. Like, it's just so funny because of how much money and resources went into making Spider-Man's suit, especially the Iron Man, you know, spider suit there, that now it's getting put together by duct tape. So it's just really ironic and really funny. Uh, But yeah, they duct taped a FaceTime front camera to him, and uh, I thought that was pretty cool too. I thought it was badass. Yeah, it's <laughs> it just like really cool. funny. Uh, there's one uh, one other thing too that I wanted to mention. So he's like he didn't just get uh, sent out there to go capture him. Doctor Strange actually gave him this like weapon type thing that 
he shoots it at them and it allows them to be transported from wherever they are right. into one of the new cells. So at this point in time, Spider-Man does have this thing that goes around his like wrist and hand a little, and I don't know what it's actually called to be honest with you, but he's the idea behind it is it shoots like a beam and whatever it hits gets transported into one of those uh, holding cells in, in Doctor Strange's dungeon. Definitely. Um, yeah, and I thought this was really cool. Uh, so at this point, you know, they, they he's going back. You kind of have that moment where he's like flying <laughs> the big trailer iconic scene. Like he's flying into the darkness, right? <laughs> like, and you have all these like electric towers that are over him. And then all of a sudden you see in blue uh, from Amazing Spider-Man 2, uh, this electricity everywhere. You see Electro. And, and they're freaking out. MJ and Ned are freaking out. And MJ goes, I don't like this. Just web him. And this was badass. So Peter, of course, is like, fuck it. All right. Webs him. But it's like a Doctor Strange web from this, like, this suit, like, that machine thing that he had. It was so cool. I thought it was awesome. Um, but then, of course, Electro, like, fires back. The electricity goes everywhere. Peter jumps off. Uh, and then all of a sudden, as the electricity is flying towards Peter, Flint Marco from Spider-Man 3. We'll get into that next <laughs> week in my thoughts. <laughs> Flint Marco, Sandman, is, like, blocking the electricity and stopping it. Because Flint Marco, you know, he was supposed to actually be a pretty decent guy just got involved with some of the wrong stuff but he steps in the way is blocking the electricity around them the electricity towers uh are being pulled down um and then peter starts pulling them down with the web so he's helping out flint marco at the same time all of a sudden so the electricity it's kind of stopped you know electro for the time being so electro gets dissolved in with the sand as the towers are being pulled down by Peter and they're collapsing. So all of a sudden, Jamie Foxx is like nude as Electro, no longer blue Electro. Now you have the classic Electro that's normal, that's from, you know, the normal like early stages in the comics, right? The crazy, part, the crazy part is, too, is he looked way different, though. Because remember, he looked yeah. super nerdy and like what, like what you would almost consider a stereotypical tech guy back in Spider -Man, The Amazing Spider-Man 2. With like, you know, like kind of had a gap tooth in there. His hair was kind of all messy. But like this is Jamie Foxx, cleaned up, sharp, looked great. It was, it was really interesting how the difference in universes really agreed with him. Because the energy level was just so different as well, too. And what also one thing I want to point out, it wasn't like he just went out there to catch Electro. Like Electro's appearance was kind of a shock because what Peter thought he was doing, he thought he was going to fight the Green Goblin. Like He thought he was going to go right. and, and find the guy that appeared on the bridge. And when he found that disturbance that they were looking for, it ended up being Electro. So that was like a big like kind of shock, too. And like you were talking about with Sandman, Sandman helping him out and kind of trapping like Electro in the... In the vortex that he was creating, he said he could only hold him for a little bit. Uh, but I thought it was really interesting how quickly these these characters from the past and in all forms of Spider-Man, like not just the original trilogy, but also the Garfield ones as well, like they all made an appearance fairly quickly. Uh, I kind of liked how they did it and where they went with it. But yeah, I just I just wanted to talk about that for a bit before I turn it back over to you. 
No, love it, man. That's excellent. Um, but just like you were saying, so I mean, that was a that was a great point. Um, definitely classic <laughs> Jamie Fox versus uh, you know how Net and Max looked like a kook. <laughs> Amazing Spider-Man too, man. Because like I got my body back, and Peter's telling him that he's not from this universe, and Electro Max says another universe, another universe. That's what I was feeling. That new power, and I like it. <laughs> and that was like a big moment there because you knew something's still off with this guy. That's for sure. Um, but Peter transports Electro and Sandman back to Doctor Strange's place. And at this moment, of course, even like Sandman's like, what are you doing? Like, you betrayed us. Like, you brought us back here. What's going on, right? Um, and then when Max is there as well, he sees uh, Dr. Connor as the lizard. And that's when they start noticing each other from the ones that are from the same universes, which is really cool. Um Norman then sees uh, at this point, so you have this kind of moment there, right? Let's go back to where they were all recognizing each other. They were talking about, wasn't it at this moment where they were talking about like how they all died, like fighting Spider-Man, right? At this point, which is a really big moment. So, and I think, wasn't it at this moment where, Peter was kind of on, I want to say like on the fence, whether to send them back to their time or whether or not to kill them. But basically they were talking about how, for instance, Electro, like, you know, he was fighting, um, you know, an amazing Spider-Man two at the time, same thing with the lizard, like all these things were happening. And then all of a sudden they were just transported there when they were fighting Spider-Man. But so at this point, so all of a sudden we have Norman, normal Norman, sees the iconic green goblin helmet which this is this is actually pretty cool it really took me back to spider-man one but it's like on the side of a trash can and you have this dual personality that's going on and the helmet uh which we know as the goblin right says you make me sick hiding in the shadows you can't escape who you truly are you can't escape yourself and then that's when norman smashes the helmet thinking this dual personality is going to go away and then he we see the next scene here where peter is going into his aunt may's house back to where we originally started and may tells him that one of the people from the other universes has wandered in for him and then he looks and norman is there so norman then tells him you almost think like Norman is crazy and you kind of feel sorry for him at this point almost. But Norman tells him that he doesn't know where he is. Sometimes someone else is in control. It doesn't make sense. Peter tells May they all have their own mental and physical issues. But May tells Peter, and this is big for May, um, and you can tell really where her obligation lies into, in the words of Geller Grindelwald for the greater good, <laughs> like to do the better thing, I guess. May tells Peter that he needs to help them, um, even though he, he starts to disagree at the moment. It says, look around you. This is what we do. We help people. And uh, that's a big moment for what's kind of full circle towards the end of this film. But so Peter is introduced to Osborne and introduces Osborne to MJ and Ned. 
even uh, Norman goes, Mary Jane? And then she goes, it's Michelle Jones, actually. And then this is when at the moment, like, Norman's just kind of like, oh, you know, kind of freaked out at the moment, but weird coincidence, right? But Osborne sees Otto, Octavius, and he goes, Octavius says, you're the walking corpse. You died years ago. And then this is when Sandman then tells Peter and the group that they both died fighting Spider-Man. So Goblin by the glider, Octavius, of course, as you remember, drowned with his own fusion reactor in Spider-Man 1 and 2. And Max, this is when we were talking about before, he says he died. Uh, he was fighting Spider-Man, and then he was transferred there. And then they all mentioned how they were fighting Spider-Man, and then they were transported there before they died. Strange then appears and says that they have to send them back. Peter argues that if they send them back, then some of them will die. And then Strange says, in the calculations of the multiverse, their sacrifice means infinitely more than their lives. I'm sorry, kid. If they die, they die. <laughs> like a beast, man. Like, sorry, bro. Sucks to suck. This <laughs> is like just the way it goes. Almost Go for it, you know? a cool iconic line, if you guys remember from the old Rocky movie when he fought like, Ivan Drago. He's like, if he dies, he dies. And so that was, was kind of <laughs> just like what Dr. Strange was saying there, too. So I thought that was pretty cool. Love it. That's when he fought the Russian, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Classic, man. Um, but so Strange starts to do the spell. Uh, it starts to do basically the spell to send them back. And you have like this box. Um, it's almost like, can you describe the box? People have probably seen it in the trailer. Yeah, so with, with this box thing, what it was, because if you guys remember, and Chase kind of talked about it a little bit, he did three different spells. Because he first he wanted MJ to like to remember, so he had to like, redo the first one. Then he wanted Ned to remember, so he had to redo it again. Then he wanted May to remember, and it all got too like, calamity. And he brought it back into a small... He finally got control of it, and that's kind of what allowed these, uh, these mutants to kind of come through the other multiverse timelines. But... Um, so now that this, he had the little area where the spell was trapped because he couldn't destroy the spell yet. He was now making a spell to destroy that spell, like to reverse it. And so he made this this box contraption. It almost seemed like a magician's box. If you guys know what a magician's box looks like, and it, that's kind of like a full circle moment in and of itself because Doctor Strange is a magician of ways. So I thought that was really cool, him being a wizard. Uh, but yeah, it's basically is a fail safe on it, and I. You're probably going to take the part where he doesn't get to finish it here in just a second, but uh, I, I, the idea behind this box is once something is pressed and detonated, the original uh, spell, or spells I should say, would be corrected and everything that happened would kind of go back to how it was before he attempted to make those spells. So that's kind of what, what the box was there for. Love it. Um, so as Strange is doing the spell, though, Peter shoots a web, takes the box, and jumps through a portal. And it goes, This is, Strange just goes, this is why I never had kids. <laughs> like, he's just absolutely annoyed. Let's be real. I love Peter to death. He's not a match for Doctor Strange. Like, sorry, like he's not. Doctor Strange is actually just like twing, like really more annoyed <laughs> right now than anything. Um, and what is cool at this moment 
is I Peter is now in his original suit. Do you know how he got back in his original suit by any chance? Uh, I'm not sure. I I don't know if I if this is was that the part where because I'm I'm just doing this by memory. I didn't take any notes down on it. But I believe that he remember he was trying to clean his suit. Aunt May was trying to uh, well he he was trying to do it himself and he couldn't do it. And I think he finally got uh, it back from Aunt May That's when right. he picked up Norman, right? When he decided yeah. to take Norman to Doctor Strange's lair, she gave him the suit back all cleaned and fresh. So I think that's, that's how. That's right. Yeah, right? Okay. Good call. Good call. Yeah. So Strange just goes, give me the box. <laughs> and then Strange, at this point, this goes back into, this is a full circle moment to the original Doctor Strange. Strange punches him. And just like it was done to Strange in the first Doctor Strange film, Peter gets separated from his body. And Peter at this point is like, oh my gosh, I'm dead. <laughs> and then he just goes, Strange says, you're not dead. You're just separated from your physical body. And then Peter is outside his body as he's still in his body with the Spider-Man suit. And this is what's wild, right? So Strange keeps trying to take the box. And Peter, even outside his body in the Spider-Man suit, his body is dodging it and will not let Strange take the box. I got so many questions on this. It almost makes you wonder if it's like that whole Captain America thing where maybe he's secretly worthy or something. What do you think about this? I have no idea what to think about it. Because even Dr. Strange is like, this is not supposed to be happening, right? Like basically him knocking him out of the body was supposed to make the vessel, you know, just like dead and limp. And he was should be able to just take the box right from him. You know, it's, it's almost, if you guys want to think about it, if you are spiritual people like, and you think people have a soul, it's like the soul leaving the body, but then the body dies. That's what it was kind of the idea behind it. Not Strange knocked the spirit of Peter Parker out of Spider-Man's body, and he was kind of dangling there in that like phantom like, form and trying to get back into his body. But somehow his body was still reacting out of his own nature, and it shouldn't have happened. And Doctor Strange mentioned that this shouldn't be happening, so I don't, I don't know how that... Uh, that occurred so that's something that's going to be very interesting and hopefully we learn some more about it uh, as, as the movies go on I don't know I, as the universe goes deeper and maybe that's something we learn but I don't I have an answer to be honest well yeah I, I really don't either so interested to see where that goes but um, speaking of that that's when Peter just goes that might be the coolest thing that ever happened to me but never do that again. <laughs> he like webs the box back. It was awesome. I absolutely loved it. Peter Parker for the win, man. This is when you have that iconic scene from the trailer. So he starts falling. And this is when Doctor Strange, actually at this moment, he calls it the mirror verse. So everything is transforming. You see like the roof of him is like the bottom now. Everything's like merging and he's falling through this massive like atmosphere hole. It looks very like Inception-esque, right? What do you think of this scene? It was pretty badass, right? It was one of my favorite scenes in the movie. Like him fighting Doctor Strange on Doctor Strange's like turf basically because he created that mirror verse. And, every, and inverted everything so it would disorient whoever he brings in there and kind of, you know, already Doctor Strange really doesn't need a, a home field advantage you know, against Spider-Man, but uh, he decided to give himself one. I think he was just annoyed with it. He's like, all right, like, let's just get this over with and give me this damn box back. And, yeah. you know, but we're about to figure out what ends up happening there. I think he got a little too comfortable being in his own home court and home field advantage and 
sometimes you get too comfortable, too complacent, bad things happen, and we'll, we'll I'll let Chase kind of go through that. I think you're right, man. I think he just took Peter for granted. I think he just took him as this little kid who gives a shit. I really don't have to do anything. Peter beats him at his own game, man. It's badass. So Peter keeps telling him, what if we can change their fate? And Strange throws Peter through the portals as he's chasing him. It was so badass because, like, Peter is, like, falling through as the cape is, like, like chasing after Peter and then Strange behind him. And then Peter realizes that the Mirrorverse can be solved with geometry. And he can find the portal um, to actually... And then he can find a portal and he can use the dimensions and divide them by pi to figure out exactly where everything's at and then send Strange back to his own universe so he can get the box, right? It was so great. Peter just goes, wait, it's just math. Uh, I, I'm sorry, Steven, but, but I have to try. <laughs> this is great. Um, so at this moment, then Peter has this portal, and then you just see like Strange is forced through it after he solved the whole thing with math in this dimension. And then you just see the portal close on Strange's face. And you just know at this moment, Strange is just like, damn it. Well, he, he <laughs> trapped him. He he, we- he like had like a whole web like trapped around him. He was like kind of stuck. And he's like, and he like you said, he was like, damn, this 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 damn kid fucking got the best of me because I wasn't paying attention. And he's like, this is like, he's like, like, you could definitely tell. He's like, I'm really annoyed now. <laughs> but <laughs> I thought that was cool. It was but you're right. But he, he did that whole solving of the geometry, whatever equation divided by pi or whatever it was. And he kind of attached everything to his webs and he uh, brought it at Dr. Strange and he wasn't really figuring that was going to happen and trapped him. And then he jumped through the portal, allowing it again to close on Dr. Strange's face. So, yeah, it was a really cool scene. It was I loved it. I thought it was awesome. Um, so Peter gets back. He gives MJ the box uh, so that if anything goes wrong, just in case, she can press the box and send the villains back to where they belong in their own universe. Um, Peter, it was really cool. You know, he does that classic handshake with Ned. He's always done since, like, Spider-Man Homecoming. And then they notice something special. Um like with Ned, he has Doctor Strange's ring, and <laughs> that was really cool. That's gonna come up with a big moments later. And MJ, of course, you know she kisses Peter. They take the box and leave. Um, and then Peter just uh, Peter looks uh, and just goes, "Who's coming with me?" And then Electro says, "I'm in." But if anything goes sideways, I'm gonna fry you from inside out. <laughs> it's just like holy shit, dude. Don't fuck this up, Peter. <laughs> Don't mess this up, man. Um, so at this point, so Peter brings them all back to Aunt May's because he's got this plan to cure all of them. Uh, so they go back to that condo, and he shows the Stark Technology fabric indicator as his plan to get this all fixed. Um, and as he's doing this, so he's making a new chip uh, for Octavius. To turn him back to his normal self, almost like we saw in the beginning of Spider-Man 2 and the ending of Spider-Man 2 as well, when he got drowned. So as he's making a new chip, uh, Norman even makes great comments about him. And, and, uh, you know, when Otto is, you know, getting in control of his tentacles again. And I thought this was really funny at this moment. So 
uh, as everything's starting to get fixed. So May looks at Otto and just goes, fresh water or salt water? And he just goes, what? Well, you know, because you're an octopus. <laughs> it's great, man. I thought it was fantastic. Um, not very important, but I thought it was great. But Norman, Norman even offers Peter a job, you know, and then at this point, Max is telling the Sandman that he fell into a water tank full of eels, like more of a tribute to Amazing Spider-Man 2. Sandman tells he fell into a super collider, tribute to Spider-Man 3. <laughs> Shouldn't exist, but whatever. <laughs> kind of like a throwback, right? Uh, anyway, so at this point, Peter, the chip he's fixed with the fabric um, indicator. So he puts the chip on Otto, and then Otto just shuts down. He puts it right in the middle of his neck, just like Spider-Man 2, where he had that chip where he could control the arms. At this point, all of a sudden, Otto's attitude changes, and he's in control now. And it worked, and it was perfect. Uh, all of a sudden, too, then Otto adds, like, he, like, I want to say, like, attached the arm to, like, Peter's suit and then it put like the gold on it and he has like some special power can you describe that i don't know what that was but i just thought it was cool yeah i don't i have no idea what it is either i don't know if it was just like from the level of power that the i don't even know what to call that machine in, in that other room power was. of the sun yeah right <laughs> no, i don't i don't know i guess because um the power source that they use like that it was kind of like Iron Man's heart. I don't know if that you know, but it was so strong or so much energy that it, it changed the composition. I don't. I have no idea. I've got no answer for it. I, I'm generally curious about it as well. Yeah, I just figured it was like Flava Flav. You got to show your bling off sometimes. <laughs> Flava Flav, Peter Baca, fucking slay. <laughs> Anyways, so uh, so at this point. Um, after the gold's added, all that crazy stuff happens. So Otto tells Norman, how does it feel to become whole again? Uh, no more darker half, just you. And then at this point, so things are starting to get a little interesting, right? So Goblin or Norman goes, just me. And uh, so at this point, Peter puts an electricity. It was almost like Iron Man, how he had that like triangle thing. And he puts it on Electro, also known as Max. The electricity tech is what I called it. But it's supposed to eliminate all the electricity from Max. So that way he's normal again. Um, and at this point, Jonah Jameson. Anytime this guy shows up, it's bad news bears. Like, he just needs to keep his ass at home. Because every time he shows up, nothing pans out well. So Jonah Jameson shows up and goes... Uh, just goes, I want incriminating footage on Spider-Man. <laughs> just looks up into the sky at the building where they're at in the condo. Uh, Peter, uh, at this point, so Peter's spidey sense just goes off. Like, everything slows down out of nowhere. Everything was fine. And at this moment, you just see almost like a small smile from Norman. Peter webs Norman's hand, and then all of a sudden... You see the darker half take over. And I love this monologue that we get. It's awesome. And he just goes, that's some neat trick, that sense of yours. Norman's on sabbatical, honey. No more darker half. Did you really think I would let that happen? 
that I would let you take away my power just because you're blind to what true power can bring you? Peter goes, you don't know me. Don't I? I saw you trapped, fighting her holy moral mission. We don't need you to save us. We don't need to be fixed. These are not curses. They're gifts. Norman, no. And this is Otto talking to him. Quiet, lapdog. Then Norma goes, Norman goes, you don't know what you're... <laughs> Peter goes, you don't know what you're talking about. Norman goes, I've watched you deep behind from Norman's cowardly eyes, struggling to have everything you want while the world tries to make you choose. Gods don't have to choose. We take. And then all of a sudden, Peter just looks and goes, May, run. And then the group just breaks out. Like, holy shit. That is the most spine-tingling monologue. Unless it's Cersei fucking Lannister. <laughs> like, holy shit. I had chills when I was, I was hearing that. But the group breaks into an all-out fight. Electro shocks Otto and shoves him back. So he's out of the fucking picture. The one guy that actually has some damn sense in himself. Well, I would and say then, this too yeah. is like the part about that is he ripped off that thing that was supposed to remove that electricity from him. Was that like the last bar about to fix uh, yeah. him as well? And when that all happened, it was like at that last bar about to hit that last bit of light and he ripped it off his own chest and then went rogue, right? So great call, it was man. pretty cool. No, it was badass. It was a great call. And uh, this is fucking insane. This like took me back to Spider-Man One. <laughs> Peter is just taking on Norman Osborn, the Goblin, one on one here, and it, holy shit! So at this point, so they're just taking it blow by blow. Norman's beating the shit out of Peter, and he goes strong enough to have it all, but too weak to take it. And this is a back full circle moment almost to Spider-Man 1. And Goblin's just throwing blows at Peter. And then he just, just, all of a sudden, Peter just loses it. And he's just beating the shit out of Norman. And this reminded me of the Joker in the Dark Knight. Like when Christian Bale is just beating the shit out of the Joker. And Norman Osborn is just laughing. And I counted. He punched him nine times in the face as he was just laughing like a freaking psychopath. Norman all of a sudden shoves Peter through the floor. And they fall three levels down through the floor. Norman chokes Peter and just goes, Your weakness, Peter? It's morality. It's choking you. It's choking you. Can you feel it? You tried to fix me now. Now I'm gonna fix you. And then Peter just goes, May! run please and he's just trapped at this moment and then all of a sudden at this point goblin goes peter 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 no good deed goes unpunished you can thank me later and then goblin calls the glider throws a pumpkin bomb and it explodes everywhere blasting back may and blasting back peter peter everything's in everything's collapsed everything's shattered fire is everywhere peter gets up and peter tells may he he should have sent them all back and then may goes peter listen to me you have a gift and 
with great power, there must also come great responsibility. What an awesome moment. Tribute to Spider-Man 1 had to be said. And then she goes, let's, let's get out of here. And as she starts to move, she collapses. And at this moment, Peter is just looking down. Blood is all over May's torso. He's just saying, you're okay. You're okay. Somebody help. And he's, he's just looking around. And he's screaming, anything, ambulance. I'm right here. I'm right here. It's, it's, it's me. It's you, May. Stay, May. And then he's just talking to May. And then all of a sudden, as she's looking at Peter, she takes her last breath and dies. And he's just saying, May, will you look at me, please? And this is almost like a tribute to what happened in Amazing Spider-Man 2 when he's saying, stay with me, stay with me. But he's saying, will you look at me, please? Will you look at me, please? And then all of a sudden, Happy drives up. And yeah, this is a big go for it. I, I just want to talk about this one thing. First off, every other sentence with you is all of a sudden, all of a sudden, all of a sudden, <laughs> all, of a sudden. all of a sudden, all of a sudden. <laughs> Coming out of nowhere. Oh my you goodness. Just have to be there. No more suddens. No, I'm kidding. But uh, anyways, I, what was really cool about this scene is when it first happened, and you guys will see it, it looked like May was really injured and shaken up, but it looked like she was going to make it out of there. Like she stood up there walking towards the door and then she, she just collapsed out of nowhere, really. And that is when it kind of all went downhill. But they they had a good conversation before she fell down. But she's like, "I'm good." She made it seem like it was I was all fine. And like I said, they they even took steps towards leaving it, and it just really came out of nowhere that she was so injured, and we didn't even realize it until Peter put his hand behind her back, and he pulled his hand out, and it was full of blood, and that's when you realize. Oh yeah. shit! She's gonna die. Like you didn't have no idea if that was gonna be the moment yeah. there. What was happening? Because it seemed at the very beginning of that scene, once Goblin left the 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 ruins of the building, that she was gonna make it out, and she did not. It was really emotional. I remember when we were watching it, like, I, I I like jumped up in the seat and I was like holding the sides of my head. I was like, no way. So um, yeah, that was really really cool emotional scene there for sure. Yeah. It really came out of nowhere, too, because I remember even kind of thinking, you know, this is just one of those scenes where they're down for the count and they're going to come back. The good guy's going to win. And it it didn't go that way at all. I had no idea it was going to turn out like this. Um, Anything else you want to say about that scene, though? That was no, a good point. No, that, that's, uh, I just want to bring that up. And I know you just talked about where Happy kind of drove in front of them, so that gave Spider-Man time to, to get out of there. But I'll, I'll let you take take that part where, where Happy drives up. Yeah, man. Uh, so Happy drives up, and you can see he's just broken because he sees May's dead. Um, and then all of a sudden, they're pulling Happy out of the car, all the cops there, and arresting him because it almost looks like he is the one that murdered it and caused the whole like scene. And he's the... He's the one that murdered her, right? And then all of a sudden, you just hear, you know, them calling out to Peter, like, come out with your hands up. Because Peter's, like, looking like a fugitive as well at this point. And Happy just says, Peter, run. And then so Peter, of course, this was kind of like a really sad moment because he had to just, like, leave May there, um, which was really just messed up. But then you have this other... Jonah Jameson's a piece of shit. <laughs> like, that's the only thing I can say. Um, but at this point, it's a really powerful moment because you see Peter's broken. 
and I think this is the first time really out of any Spider-Man film really does someone get this broken like think of it this way he's already lost his Uncle Ben now he's lost May he truly has no family like I mean Andy's a fugitive um, he's on the run like I think it's the first time out of any fi- Spider-Man film we've seen Peter just broken uh, and Jonah Jameson goes, as you see Peter's like on this billboard in Times Square, and Jonah Jameson is broadcasting the news from where he was at that exact scene. The rain is pouring. He goes, Tragedy. What else can I call it? What more need be said? The damage, the destruction. You saw it with your own eyes. Where and when will people wake up and realize that everywhere Spider-Man goes, chaos and calamity ensue. Everything Spider-Man touches comes to ruin, and we the innocents are left to pick up the pieces. J. Jonah Jameson reporting, and good night, and God help us all. And Pete is just standing there in tears in the rain, And I just remember thinking, I'm sure he's thinking to himself, like, he's hit rock fucking bottom. (laughs) This is what he was probably thinking. Uh, So at this point, uh, we go, we cuts back to MJ. And MJ goes, uh, you know, they're talking about, like, they have that ring thing (laughs) that Ned has at this point. So you have that ring, so you can do, like, the circle things and all that stuff. So full circle there, this is where this comes into play. So MJ is talking about the box, and she goes, I'm going to press it. I know he told me to wait, but I'm, you know, I'm going to press it. Like, we haven't heard from Peter. And Ned goes, I just wish we could see him. And then all of a sudden, there's, like, a big hole in the wall. And you see, like, this figure that looks very similar to Peter in the figure. And then MJ just goes, do that again. And Ned just goes, I, I just wish we could see him. And then all of a sudden, you see, like, this Spider-Man figure that just starts running towards them and jumps out. <laughs> and then they're all, like, freaking out, right? And he's like, wait, 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 wait. And then just rips off a mask. Holy shit! It's Andrew Garfield, baby! Fuck yeah! Audience goes wild! Goes crazy! What do you think about this moment? I loved Andrew Garfield's entrance. I thought it was awesome. Uh, the way that Chase is telling this story throughout the movie, you're going to think yeah, everything was a crazy thing. All of a sudden. 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 Completely. I got to work on that. Uh, Next time I, I say will... all of a sudden, take a shot. <laughs> yeah, right? But I will yeah. say, like this, like this, I was really happy with Andrew Garfield's entrance. It was a perfect moment. We knew it was going to happen. We knew it, that was the that was the case. And it he played his role so well. He he was just as I remember him in the Amazing Spider-Man One and the Amazing Spider-Man Two, like the quirky kind of like interesting emotional voice and you know sarcastic in a way. It it was just it was excellent. It, it was what we were waiting for to bring another Spider-Man into it. We thought this was going to be the movie where we had a similar to Into the Spider-Verse that. Yeah, animated movie. You guys remember that when the different Spider-Mans came through, and so we had an idea that this is this was the rumor, and this is the first one that we got to see, 
And it, I remember it being really funny because MJ almost didn't believe that he was Spider-Man because obviously she's only known the Peter Parker that, you know, Tom Holland's Peter Parker that we know in, in these universes. And she kind of tells him to prove it. And he's, he's like, crawl across the wall. He's like, I- I'm not going to do that. <laughs> so it was really funny. It was super comical. It really was enjoyable. It was, it was so nostalgic. And the feeling I got from it was so happy and elated because it wasn't that he just appeared. He appeared and he was himself. It was just as if they really did pull him from the amazing Spider-Man. And, uh, and he was in all of a sudden this universe, in Chase's words. So um, it was really cool to see one of my favorite moments of the entire movie. I really enjoyed this entrance. Now, the next one uh, I have some issues with, but I will say... <laughs> the next one was I, just absolutely stupid. I did love the... For sure. I did love the Andrew Garfield entrance, and I'll turn it back over to you. One thing I will say about the Andrew Garfield one, I thought it was so great when he was proving himself. So MJ throws bread at him, and she's like, do you have the Peter Tingle? Like, why didn't your Peter Tingle just work? And he goes, I I do have the Peter Tingle, but it doesn't work to bread. <laughs> it's just great. It was absolutely phenomenal because she had thrown some, like, bread roll out of him. He just let it hit him. It was, I loved it. And this next moment, here we go. So... Uh, at this moment, Ned, like, and Ned wants, like, opens another portal because that's not their Peter Parker. So he goes, find Peter Parker. Well, and all of a sudden. One more oh, thing, yeah. and this is not important at all, so, like, you Go guys can, can get mad at me because I'm bringing up stuff that really <laughs> doesn't matter. But I thought it was really funny that Ned's grandma asked him to go clean the cobwebs in the corner of the ceiling while he was up there. And I found that, that really hilarious. <laughs> so uh, he, she just used a Spider-Man as a cleaning service. <laughs> but Spider-Man that, that we haven't excellent. seen since 2014, by the way. So seven years in the making. Hey, can you just go ahead and grab the, the cobwebs up there in the corner of the ceiling wire up there? So I uh, <laughs> thought that was really funny. But uh, I'll turn back over to you to the next big reveal no, here. I thought it was great, too. <laughs> that was awesome, man. Um, but then at this moment, this is the one we have a problem with. <laughs> so I'll let you take this one, man, because you loved it so much. <laughs> oh, I, I hated it. I hated everything about it. But we'll talk about it more at length once we finish going through the recap summary here. But they, they, as Chase was saying, you know, they're trying to find their Peter Parker. So he goes to do that same maneuver that he used to find Andrew Garfield's Peter Parker, and. He's like, I'm looking at me, show me Peter Parker. And he, and he does his whole little ring thing again. And we see this guy, not in a Spider-Man suit at all. <laughs> He's just faster. sitting there <laughs> and standing there doing nothing in a little trench coat or whatever he's wearing. And he like, cautiously walks towards the portal and like enters and... Like, hey, yay, it's Tobey Maguire. Awesome. But, <laughs> it's like, like oh. what? Uh, we, we just did this. Like, you can't excite me with the thing you just did. And now he's not even in a Spider-Man suit. He's just there looking old as shit. And he just walking through the portal. And, yeah, it was great to see him on screen again. And he has a lot more better. He has a lot of great parts still to come in this movie that I did enjoy. It's just his, his you know, bringing him into the movie, I thought, they could have done a lot better than than this silly little moment of, all right, well let's just keep swinging portals till we find our Peter. Oh wait, oh here's two <laughs> more Peters, yay! Like 
I don't know. Wasn't the biggest fan of Toby's entrance, but I'll let Chase go ahead and, and pick it back up from here. No, 100%. It was like he he heard about the movie being filmed and just happened to walk on set. <laughs> they were like, yeah, you can join in. That's exactly what it was, man. By the way, y'all got to see this video. Someone put a video on YouTube. I don't know what it is. I'll, I'll try to try to look it up if you can. Just type it in on YouTube. But type in, like, Tom Holland, Andrew Garfield, and Tobey Maguire at the airport. I guess it's when they were, like, filming all this stuff. It just recently came out. But Paparazzi was there. And, of course, like, Paparazzi. This is just on a side note. Malice in the Chalice. Malice in the Chalice card for this two-second story about Tobey Maguire. <laughs> so, Tobey Maguire, right? So, he... Him, Andrew Garfield, and Tom Holland, as they were, like, preparing for reshoots, they were going to the airport. I don't know if they were flying to Atlanta, California, whatever they were doing. But paparazzi's there. And, of course, like, paparazzi, I understand, can get really annoying. But, of course, like, these kids were, like, waving to Tom and Andrew and, and Toby. And Tom, of course, super nice, just waves at him, smiles. Andrew even, like, kind of gives, like, the head nod and smiles. They look at Toby. He just gives them these kids the biggest fucking death stare in their life. Like in their life. People have literally memed this thing and merged it with the other movie. We're like, not movie, but like where he was before. There's another scene where he was driving through like LA at one point in his life and the paparazzi wouldn't move and he rolls down the window. And I think this is back when he was filming whatever that movie was with Jake Gyllenhaal years ago. And he goes, there are cars there, motherfucker. Fucking move. <laughs> just, so just imagine Tobey Maguire, the one like these kids probably looked up to their entire life, the legend. And he's just basically like, fuck off at the airport. <laughs> like the worst. Malice in the Chalice Guard goes to the Shadow Realm, man. I just... Oh, fucking Toby Maguire, man. <laughs> That's all I wanted to say. What do you think about old Toby? I didn't know that. I didn't see that video. I didn't hear about it, but it's par for the course. Uh, I did hear one <laughs> story about him as well, is that he was asked point blank. So both Andrew Garfield and Toby were asked before the premiere of this movie if they were going to be in the new Spider-Man movie, and Andrew Garfield tried to keep the magic and said, no, I'm not, I'm not in it at all. And Toby's like, yep, I'm in it. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> just what the heck, man? So I thought that was pretty funny, but yeah, yeah. that's all. That's uh, all I'm going to add to it. Oh, man, it's crazy. <laughs> um, so anyways, at this point, so I thought this was cool. Like, we always kind of always wondered what would happen if two Spider-Man met each other, right? Well, Toby and Andrew, like, immediately try to web each other and are doing flips in the room. Everyone's freaking out. Um, and then they realize they're both Peter. And then uh, they're asking Toby, like, you know, where's his suit? Like, how's he's Peter? And he goes, I typically don't go around advertising. It defeats the whole anonymous superhero thing. And you see, like, his suit is underneath his shirt, which is like a tribute to the first original three where he like kept it under his clothes um so at this point so toby says that he senses tom holland peter parker needs their help now more than ever asks and then asks like if there's a place that he would go to just get away from everything because he's really broken down at this point toby says it was the top of the chrysler building for me andrew says the empire state building 
And then Toby just goes, sweet view. <laughs> I thought that was pretty cool. I thought that was pretty badass. Um, and then they arrive and find out, like, when Ned transports him, <laughs> again, with his little Ned thing, uh, you know, Tom Holland is Peter Parker, uh, is just broken down on this rooftop. Well, and, the thing is, too, is that yeah. they ask MJ, and MJ being the one that's closest to Peter, his girlfriend, mm-hmm. and, like, really cares about him, knew the spot that he was going to be at. And so she's the one that was able to kind of take them. I mean, I mean, I know that Ned is yeah. the one who physically did it with with his portal, but uh, she's the one that located him, knowing where he would be. So I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, great point. That was awesome. Um, so at this point, so you know, MJ and Ned are you know holding Tom because he's just broken at this point after losing May, and all of a sudden you see Andrew and Toby like start slowly come down from this portal on the top of the building and fuck yes it's here the spider verse is here baby fuck yeah it is finally here absolutely phenomenal and then at this point so toby says uh that he's sorry and then of course andrew says that he's sorry and that he has some understanding Um, and this is referencing to the originals when you know, Toby lost Uncle Ben, and Andrew really lost Gwen. If you remember that um, kind of iconic scene where she was falling off the building, couldn't save her. And Tom goes, "I want to kill him. I want to tear him apart. I can still hear the voice in my head, even after she was hurt. She said I did the right thing. She said, and then she he goes with great power, and then Toby finishes it." comes great responsibility so there's that big full circle iconic moment which is probably literally the most iconic in my opinion spider-man line of all time and andrew is just you know taking in the moment remembering his uncle ben that's dead and is you know tearing up uh i wrote here you know peter turns to the dark side <laughs> yeah peter turns the welcome to the sith tom holland i'm glad you chose the side i wanted you to choose after all these years <laughs> fuck yes fucking great but anyways so uh at this point so um this is when you know toby tells him the uncle ben and how andrew lost gwen and he said, with great power comes great responsibility. So they relate that way. But the three Spider-Men create, they all decide to help each other after they all relate through that one quote. And they decide to create these serums to cure all the villains, uh, which I thought this was really cool, too, because actually a lot of people don't know uh, when they all see each other like that, that's actually taken straight out of the comics, which is really cool. So, But Toby tells Ned... <laughs> When he's talking about his best friend, because Ned's Tom's best friend, that his best friend died in his arms after he tried to kill him. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, that was, uh, wow. <laughs> that was just uh, really a shocker moment for Ned. Also, um, I would it, say that could yeah. potentially be a foreshadow, too. Like, I don't know yeah. for a fact, but I definitely think that there's a possibility Ned flips the old dark side switch eventually and you know tries to go against tom holland and we'll we'll see if that actually ends up happening or not but i think that was a little bit of a foreshadow um little action there so i thought thought that was pretty cool maybe a little hobgoblin 
<laughs> Excellent, man. I, I love it. Um, but then MJ looks at Peter and just goes, look at me. I'm here. I'm not going anywhere. We're going to get through this, and we're going to get through it together. And it just shows, like, you know, that bond that they always have. And uh, Toby then tells Andrew and him, uh, tells Andrew and Tom uh, that him and MJ from the original Spider-Man made it work. So, and uh, so that was, that was really cool. You kind of find out what happened to them. And, and then Ned says, uh, I got Dr. Strange magic. I won't turn into a super villain and try to kill you. And this is actually a tribute to um, really Andrew's kind of past in a way, I guess, but also Toby's a little bit reminiscing on like Harry and Spider-Man 2 uh, but maybe a little bit in Andrew with Amazing Spider-Man 2 but so anyways Peter uh, goes on a video broadcast it publicly and tells uh, the villains that he didn't want to kill them and that uh, he was trying to give them a second chance and this is when they're on the Statue of Liberty. And this is really cool because it pans out to the Statue of Liberty and you see the Captain America shield. And this was just badass. Absolutely phenomenal. Um, and then you have these kind of funny full circle moment lines that happen, right? So you hear Toby is like leaning against the wall and he's just like, my back. <laughs> oh. Been having a little bit of a back problem lately. He goes, oh, I got a middle back thing. And then this is what Andrew goes, want me to crack it for you? And you have this really, like, awkward scene where Andrew's, like, cracking his back. But it's a tribute to Spider-Man 2. And then this is one of my favorite parts. Is finally, this has been brought up because after they made that major screw-up in Spider-Man 1, 2, and 3, Andrew goes... So you make your web fluid in your body. <laughs> yeah, it was fantastic. And Tom is just like, he's not teasing you. We just, I mean, we can't do that. So uh, does it like come out of your wrists? Or Andrew goes, or does it come out of somewhere else? <laughs> it was just great. And of course, Toby, go for it. I just thought it was really important too. We get to see that they had to use their talking about uh, Andrew and Tom Holland as, as their Peter Parkers had to use their scientific mind to create a web canisters and how to you know reuse them. Where Toby is able to do it, that that that's a huge difference. Being able to do it straight out of your wrists, uh, that's something that really gets brought up and and notarized in this movie. I'm really glad it did. Uh, because I think a lot of people may have forgotten that Toby can do it naturally. And it's just been so long, right? The first Spider-Man movie, I think, came out in 2002. It's been 20 years. So it's very right. easy to forget unless you went back and watched all the Spider-Man movies. But he does that all naturally. And that's that's irregular even among superheroes and, you know, obviously this other Spider-Men that are in the multi-universes. So I thought that was really great that they decided to draw attention to that. Yeah, no, I thought it was awesome. Um so at this point is uh i thought this was really cool because as they were talking about it too remember andrew is talking about do you ever get like web blocks when you're trying to make your own web fluid you get web blocks 
And then Toby said, actually mentioning that, I had a web block one time. And it's talking about Spider-Man 2 where he like lost his powers. So that was pretty cool. And then they started talking about old past villains. And of course, uh, Toby's like, you know, you've actually met some of them actually. But one time I, I fought an alien made out of black goo, <laughs> which is like... You know, we know it's the shitty version of Venom. <laughs> Anyways, uh, and then Toby calls Andrew. I thought it was great. He goes, no, you are amazing. <laughs> and I thought this was just great. I uh, thought it was fantastic. And then um, at this point, so Electro appears, right? And Andrew jumps off and just goes, I missed you, Max. And then that classic, so Max has that classic Electro look and Toby and Andrew and Tom uh, team up against Electro and uh, the Lizard and the Sandman. And this is that kind of iconic trailer moment where you have uh, Andrew, you know, he kicks the Lizard's head and you have them going like full force against the three. And then the Lizard falls on the collapsing bridge on the building and then Sandman uh, like encircles the entire building with Sam. So Tom is Peter Parker Tom, Tom Holland, tells them all of a sudden that this they need to come up with a plan and they need to work together as a team toby and andrew because well, like they were getting oh, their asses kicked i think it's important to note say like they they started off and they were not doing well like, like sandman yeah. electro and the reptile guy uh, curtis connors like he was they were getting their butts kicked they couldn't get anything going and the whole point of this is like they're trying to inject them with those cures that they all worked on together in that laboratory a couple scenes back and so that, that was the whole thing is trying to figure out how we're going to inject them with the ones that are specifically for them because there's one cure for each of their ailments and so you know, they are trying to figure out a way at first they're going to do just like single like, okay i'll do this one then you do that guy and i'll do this guy but it turned out that that didn't work at all and like chase is saying now they need to kind of come up with a different plan and kind of work as, as a team and I'll, I'll let you go ahead and take do that no it was perfect that was excellent uh that's a great point uh and then but this is uh <laughs> part that's actually pretty cool um so remember tom says uh well i've worked together as a team before and he goes i was part of the avengers and remember it's so funny because remember back with tony stark he always said no you're a stowaway the adults are talking <laughs> well of course tom is just like i was part of the avengers uh okay i was part of the avengers and they're like avengers Andrew's like, is that like a band? I want to be part of a band. And Toby's like, yeah, what's that? That's great. And then, uh, no, he goes, he tells them that when he was on the Avengers, they worked together as a team. And he goes, just trust your tingle and we'll coordinate our attacks. And here we go. This is the most iconic scene of the entire movie. The scene is beautiful. I'll let you talk about this scene. I know it's one of your favorite scenes, man. Are you talking about when they, they talk about which which Peter they are? Because that was like one of my favorite things is when they talk about which who's Peter who, and Tom. Holland. Oh yeah, go for it. Yeah, you can take that to, one too. Yeah, Tom I was Holland. Talking about when they jumped off, but yeah. Yeah, no, Tom Holland's uh, Peter one, and then Toby was Peter two, and then Garfield's like, I guess I'm Peter three. <laughs> like got really Peter annoyed three. by like Peter three. <laughs> like, he threw his hands up in the air like like annoyed that like, he was like the last one like taken. So. And it's really funny, too, because in a way, it's almost the way the audience views the Spider-Man. They view Tom as, like, the perfect combination of both Peter Parker and Spider-Man. So they, like, most people agree that Tom Holland's the best overall fit for Spider-Man and Peter Parker. 
Toby's kind of like next in line, and a lot of people really didn't love Andrew as as Spider-Man, which I disagree. I actually loved him in certain ways. Like I like his mannerisms, but there's things I didn't like too, and I'll talk about that more next week. But uh, it is funny they get, they they kind of took the hierarchy of where the fans really view them uh, in in this movie. So I thought that was pretty interesting and pretty cool. But yeah, then we had the, the really really cool scene of all of them jumping, intertwining webs, flinging across each other. Like, like passing cures back and forth and it just looked super cool three Spider-Man flying off the, the Statue of Liberty like trying to go after these uh, the, the, the iconic villains the Sinister Six, well right now there's only five the Sinister Five I should say uh, but, you know, <laughs> like, no, no spoiler until the end of this thing but um, yeah it was, just, it was really cool to see visually three different Spider-Mans just web flinging around just trying to do their best to save the, save the city hear these people instead of taking them down it was beautiful to see on screen uh i won't forget it anytime soon it was it was pretty cool oh, i loved it man i thought it was great and it was so cool watching them jump off you know toby he like does his flip thing andrew like soars off just like he's skydiving and then tom just dives for it and one thing i did want to mention that was so cool when they were flying off the empire state building I had to, or uh, uh, Statue of Liberty, <laughs> not Empire State Building. That's Andrew. He does that. Statue of Liberty. This was so cool because I had to really pay attention because I saw this movie twice. What they did when they were trusting their senses. So Andrew and Toby shot a web on Tom and bounced themselves off of Tom, and Tom shot the web off the Statue of Liberty. Like it was so cool. This is that iconic scene you keep seeing, like, with the, you know, with the Nas song. <laughs> I got what you're waiting for. <laughs> and it, it was so cool. It was Toby and then Andrew, and then it was Tom at the very end, just ready to kick ass and take names. It was absolutely phenomenal. So at this point, so first in line, Toby is hit by Sandman and is, like, drowning in the sand. And it was very iconic to Spider-Man 3. <laughs> Fuck out of here, Spider-Man 3. <laughs> That's why we did this one first. <laughs> Get it out of the way. <laughs> Anyways, so Andrew then at this point um, uh, like goes towards Tom. And then Tom, uh, so Tom and uh, at this point uh, like throws uh, like a cure. So they have the cure and like Andrew like throws it to Tom and Tom throws it to Toby, and then Toby stabs it in Flint, and then all of a sudden Flint, that's the Sandman, starts well, coming back into his normal self, where he's like a normal guy again. The cool and has part his, about like, it, mannerisms. Yeah, yeah, the cool part about it too was that again they decide to work together to take one out at a time, oh, three on one basically, three Spider-Man against one of the the Sinister Five at this point, and. The, the Sandman had Toby like buried basically and the reason why it was so important to trust his, his tingle or his, his spidey sense is because he threw it without knowing if, if Toby was even going to see it because he was encompassed by all of the sand and he like, reached his hand out of the sand and grabbed it like without even looking at it it was like it was almost have like you ever seen like a hand come up from like the ground in a grave like a zombie or something like that he like just protruded his hand through the sand caught it and then stabbed him when he thought like almost it almost gave you the, the sense that all hope was lost because uh he was suffocating and, and burying toby underneath all the sand and 
he was able to trust his sense and reach his hand up at the right time when the Kira's coming and catch it. Obviously, he wasn't able to see it. He was fully submerged underneath the sand, but he grabbed his hand up at the right time, stabbed it down, and I thought that was really great. So That was awesome. No, that was perfect. Um, so And then at this point, so they're going to go after Max, so Electra, right? And then Tom, I love this moment, too. He goes, we got to do this together. So Peter 1, go right. Peter 2, go left on me. And so you see Toby go off to the right, Andrew goes off to the left, and then Tom dives to the center. So, of course, you know, see a Toby and Tom. <laughs> Gave it a good run on this one. And then last, of course, you know, that iconic moment with Andrew. And then he's just shocked. Shocked as shit. Like, you see, like, just lit up like fireworks, baby. Like, Jamie Foxx. Max is just unloading on him. You have that iconic costume where the electricity is so so stylish, I guess. So powerful, it lights the like star on his face, just like the classic comic book costume. And um and he's just getting lit up. And then the lizard runs through the portal where MJ and Ned are, and Tom has to go after them because he's over there trying to get the box from them. And it's more, I thought this was almost like a tribute to Amazing Spider-Man 1 when they were going through the school. That could have been a bit of a stretch. What do you think? I, I do think that's a bit of a stretch. But that was a good point that you're bringing up that we, that we almost didn't touch on. Is that the reason this portal was open is because all of a sudden Ned can no longer use the, the, the magic to close the portal. He was able to open it right. to get them through. But he was trying to close it, and it wouldn't close. So, right. so he's having these like, power issues. Sometimes he can use it, sometimes he can't. And this is the time where it really kind of like, screwed him over because you know, Curtis Connors, as the lizard man, ran right through the portal. Like you're saying, kind of go after them to grab that box. That's what the whole point was. They wanted That's that's why all the bad guys got to the, the Statue of Liberty because they basically used the box as bait to get them all there because they know if they destroy that box they can't go back to their home universe and that's what they want to do they want to destroy it so they don't go back and die basically right and so right. it was really cool to see that the plan was working really well except the small factor and that small factor almost ruined everything that Ned couldn't get that portal closed and I'll let you continue on from there no that's perfect um, so at this point so you know Tom saves them and gets them out of there uh, and fights off the lizard out of that portal. And then Electro has Toby and Andrew locked up and is shocking them. And, and they're basically screwed at this point. Like, Electro is kidding, kicking ass. And then all of a sudden, the one guy we forgot about this entire movie, Otto Octavius, shows up. You know, looks like he's just pissed as shit. And is kind of go right after Andrew and Toby but then saves them and attacks Electro and destroys his circuit in the very middle and shoves him off the building. It was absolutely awesome. I thought it was badass. Uh, what do you think about that scene? I thought it was awesome because, like, like you said, the, the, he gave the impression that like he was going to attack both the Spider-Men and take the villain side, and he did. He grabbed both of them, but he did it to throw off Electro to make it seem like get put Electro's guard down. Then one of his other arms, like like you said, went and grabbed it with the thing and ripped off the. You know, it was almost similar to what Tony Stark had that that little the adapter thing, the, the reactor. I forget what it's called yeah. at this point, but uh, ripped that right off of him. So his power was kind of sapped and gone. 
which was great. So, uh, yeah. I'll Max is done. Yeah. <laughs> Max right? went out like a bitch. <laughs> yeah. Which was actually, like, I don't, I don't agree with that. I don't agree with like a bitch because he was the one giving all the Spider-Men like a hell of a hard time. He was zapping everyone. They needed, they need, I, without Doc Ock, I don't think they would have got that one done, man. They were getting their asses yeah. booked by Max and Doc Ock was able to take him by uh, surprise. And that's really what Went out like a him. bitch, man. He went in Tywin Lannister out. <laughs> Yeah, no, you're right. He put, he put <laughs> well his trust played. in the wrong person. He, he's like, ah, this guy is gonna take our side, and he he gave him the old uh, flipperoo and and uh, betrayed him. He, they, so that chip that they made in the beginning for Doc Ock really really changed the tide of everything. So because who knows what would have happened without him taking their side? Because like I said, Max was whooping that ass. Both all the Spider Mans they were having a really hard time with him. But yeah, I'll, yeah, I can continue on. Go ahead. Yeah, man. So the lizard, the one that really didn't do shit this entire movie. Like, I don't even know why he's there. <laughs> but okay, whatever, fine. So the lizard attacks uh, Tom and then bites the cure. And then all of a sudden, as he's like biting it, it turns him back into Dr. Connors, right? That's his name, Dr. Connors. And he was like trying to eat Tom or something. Like, <laughs> he was, he was hungry. anyways he like bites the cure so they throw the cure to tom he grabs it and then he bites the cure and it sprays everywhere just like it did in amazing spider-man one and turns him back human again um at this point so then max i thought this was really cool max tells andrew that he's all tapped out like he's done and they kind of have like that moment almost like back from the beginning of amazing spider-man 2 where he was like you got to be my eyes and ears max like it, it was really cool it was kind of like showing you know uh almost like a forgiveness side of andrew but showing like who max is still a decent person right but electro tells andrew that he thought he was this is a big point uh he said he thought there was going to be a black spider-man somewhere and that is huge for what possibly could come miles morales easter egg hint there <laughs> for all you fans out there thought it was awesome uh back over to octavius so he sees toby for the first time and otto looks at toby and goes peter you're all grown up how are you and toby goes trying to do better and this is a tribute to spider-man 2 remember he said peter parker smart but lazy (laughs) he said trying to do better so i just love these kind of full circle moments they that they didn't rob the fans of i just thought it was great and then here we go we get like one of the biggest full circle moments ever right now so all of a sudden the goblin appears norman osborne coming out of nowhere the joker of spider-man man oh i said all of a sudden didn't i <laughs> a sudden's on the sabbatical honey <laughs> yeah we're gonna go back to all of the all of the surprisingly shocking moments now <laughs> absolutely anyways so a goblin appears and he says can the spider-man come out and play and uh goblin takes the box 
from the tower that could send them all back and puts throws a bomb in it and then all of a sudden it explodes and keep in mind dr strange is actually back by this point so he shows up that's a big point so he shows back up but he has the box and then the goblin throws the bomb it lands in the box it explodes mj falls off the tower so tom dives after her and he's trying to go grab her and as he's falling the goblin comes with the glider just very similar to like amazing spider-man 2 hits tom knocks him out of the way who sees this all happen andrew dives right off the roof shouting no right to mj catches her and lands firmly right on his feet absolutely phenomenal shout out to my boy andrew i thought it was amazing oh <laughs> so was, funny here so it, funny what'd you think about the scene man yeah it was almost like redemption for him you know and you can even see it with the emotion on his face he, he started to tear up because he wasn't able to save the girl in his own universe but he was able to save this one so it was he got his little bit of redemption and i think he really needed that i think as a person that he really needed to 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 save the day for for the lady there so i thought it was great and like you said it it was very reminiscent of the amazing spider-man 2 where when tom holland was trying to get save her and and he gets clipped by the green goblin's glider so you know he he's not going to make it there in time and and super happy although there's no roof on the uh statue of liberty it's just the top of its head but anyways they jumped off they jumped from the, the very top of everything and and went after her and was able yeah. to get the job done so uh it was a great moment for andrew all around uh, i think it's what we needed i think it's what he needed and uh it was it was great to see the spider-man that most people overlook play a big role in saving the girl i thought it was great what about you uh, i thought it was fantastic and uh we'll talk about this more next week but i think amazing spider-man 2 doesn't get enough credit i mean that scene was absolutely phenomenal remember when he was on the roof and the goblin of that film was like going around the top and he was shooting the webs and like couldn't get it couldn't hit him i thought it was just stunningly gorgeous scene and it was very similar with this way like it uh in my mind i kind of found it predictable because i thought it'd be the perfect way i'm just glad they really capitalized on that because i i think there's no one in my mind that deserved more to catch MJ than Andrew. Like, I thought it was absolutely phenomenal. So, I thought it was great. But from this point, shit's going down. <laughs> Fuck yeah! It's going down in the bills. <laughs> yeah! Badass, baby. So, the goblin's on the ground with Peter. Peter is beat to hell. There's blood all over him. Uh, exhausted. Goblin at this point norman i love this part because he doesn't have the helmet anymore remember it's crashed it's just smashed so he's got that classic like purple hood on him almost like the comic so it's really cool well done he had the goggles which were very similar to i guess um the amazing spider-man kind of goggles but it was uh i just love the costume i thought it was great and then he says poor peter too weak to send me home to die and then this is when tom goes no i just want to kill you myself and then goblin goes that a boy 
<laughs> and they just charge at each other. It was badass. Fucking awesome. One on one, they face off. Tom punches the goblin. Goblin punches him. He pulls out the knives and cuts him. And then all of a sudden, Peter webs Goblin's feet so he can't move. And I counted this. He punches him six times. The last one in the throat. And then blocks him with his knees. Picks him up. Throws him over his head. And then he hits the ground. And this scene was just insane. It was badass. Then Peter, I called it Jon Snow Ramsey beatdown. Peter just fucking lost it, man. Just beat the shit out of him. I counted it. Counted it. He punched him 12 times from what we can hear. Because during part of this scene, Andrew and Toby start running over. And I had to really listen. I had to actually replay this scene. Because, uh, you know, you got to think the bootleggers out there. They had it on YouTube. So I was able to actually hear the times he was punching him. And I was able to hear 12 times he punched punched the goblin. Like, just losing it, man. It was insane. And then at this point, so Peter goes to finish him off just in all-out rage, picks up the glider and goes to finish off Norman, and then all of a sudden just shoves it down. Who appears? Tribute to Spider-Man 1, Tobey Maguire. Stops him, holds the glider, just stares at him. And can we and, talk about what a full circle that is? Because yeah. you guys remember from the first Spider-Man Mm-hmm. What ended up killing Norman back then? His own glider. It ended up yes. flying in there. So it was great that Peter was about to kill Norman with his own glider, and Toby like stopped it. And it was great. He didn't even say any words. He was like, he was like taking pity on Tom Holland's Peter Parker by like looking him in the eyes and like like no, you don't want to do this. He didn't even say it. He just you could see it in his face and the expression. Like he's stopping him from making the biggest mistake of his life, which is was beautiful. I love this moment. But go ahead and continue. Yeah, can we talk about like how damn strong Toby is compared to Tom? <laughs> like Tom was like forcing that shit on there, and I felt like Toby wasn't even struggling. Like the real OG man, like the original gangster, was just stopping. It's like, don't do it, man. <laughs> don't do it. Like I thought it was great. Like now we officially know Toby would probably kick Tom's ass. <laughs> just throwing that out there, but. Anyways, uh, so he stops him, and at this point, the goblin looks at Tom and goes, I may have struck the blow, but you are the one that killed her. And then Peter webs the cure, grabs it, and then stabs Norman Osborn in the neck and then turns him back to normal. Now at this point, you see the normal Norman Osborn freaking out. You almost feel sort of pity on him. Well, oh, there, what's going on? there's one yep. big moment you missed there. It was when mm-hmm. uh, he stabbed Toby in the back. <laughs> so, that too, yeah. That, he stabbed, that's kind that, of a big one. That was a <laughs> big kind of moment a big there. One, like, yeah. like while all Tom Holland was trying to slam that glider down and, and Toby caught it and was like pulling it up, he got to the point where Tom was like, okay, great, I'm, all right, fine, I'm not going to do this anymore. But before he let go of the glider, um, the Goblin stabbed Toby through the back, through the stomach, like, into the back, through the stomach with his knife, and like you, you see like Toby fall back down on the ground, and you don't know if he's dead or gonna die or what's gonna happen there. But then that's when you, what you talk about just happened, and he grabbed the cure and jammed it into his neck. But that was a big moment, especially in theater. I remember like, like I like I heard a couple people like audibly gasp 
when Goblin stabbed Toby through the back, and that was it was a pretty important part there. So definitely wanted to make sure that was detailed. <laughs> definitely a big moment there, and think of how full circle that is. Remember, Goblin died by the glider because Toby jumped over it in Spider-Man One, and now he's stabbing Toby with the glider. So. Uh, yeah, huge moment well, there. Well, he didn't stab Toby with a glider. He stabbed him with a knife because the, the glider was still oh, in Toby's knife. hands. <laughs> okay, yeah, because yeah. he was blocking the glider, yes. and then he stabbed him with the knife from the back. Okay, yeah. right. Yeah, good call. That would be a little weird <laughs> if you had two gliders on him. It probably <laughs> would have been a smart move, but uh, maybe you should take some notes from Uncle Chase next time. Bring two gliders. You won't have this problem, Norman. <laughs> yeah, anyways. <laughs> you would have beat that ass if you brought two gliders, bro. But you didn't because you suck. <laughs> anyways, yeah. Anyways, so uh, yeah, at this point, Peter webs the cure, grabs it, stabs Norman in the neck. He t- starts to turn back normal. And this is when he goes, Peter, what have I done? And it's very iconic in full circle to spider-man one when he was like dying in front of toby um so anyways at this point dr strange is there and he's like struggling uh and you start seeing the atmosphere break open and everything's turning purple around him and then this is where you have that iconic moment in the trailer and he says they're starting to come through but i can't stop them and then Peter, uh, Tom Holland suggests making them forget Peter Parker forever and asked him if that would work. And he says, yes. And you can actually tell Dr. Strange, you got to think about it. Even going back into infinity war, you know, besides Tony Stark, he was really the only, he didn't know the guardians very well. That's really like who he was there with. Um, and they, you can tell they've kind of developed this relationship over time after fighting Thanos. And he goes, it means everyone that that loves you, we, and everyone that loves you would have no memory of you. And you start seeing these shapes in the atmosphere. And this is very interesting. I don't know if this is exactly what it was, but I heard the shapes in the atmosphere could possibly be Craven, Rhino, and scorpion which is very interesting i couldn't really tell but it possibly could what do you think those were exactly who they were i think they they looked very close to how the comics uh, have them portrayed as well like uh, those were the three yeah rhino scorpion and craven the hunter those were the ones that i saw there as well i think that's exactly what they tried to do awesome and uh this is when uh strange goes steven call me steven and peter just goes all right steven and this is where you can tell they've definitely developed a bond and he just goes still feels weird (laughs) (laughs) it was great fantastic um and then toby and andrew at this point uh are are saying their goodbyes to tom and uh this is where you have that full circle moment as well uh where they just go it's what we do just like how aunt may was saying it like it's what we do and uh it was great and then of course you know strange starts to send them back first the villains and then you have them that start to go back and that's a very kind of powerful moment like wow we just saw two legends on the screen that you go back think about this you go back 10 years 
people would have told you you were drunk if this would ever happen. <laughs> like, go back 10 years with Toby. People would have thought you were drunk to ever see something like this on screen. But then Peter goes up to MJ. I think this tell- is important to notate as well, is mm-hmm. that even though Toby did get stabbed through the back, he did survive it. And he's like, yes. I've been, he's like, I've been stabbed before. And I thought that was a pretty iconic line because he has been stabbed lots of times throughout his time as Spider-Man in the first three movies. Uh, but he is okay. He did not die. He survived that. And like you said, uh, Doctor Strange was sending them back. So I'll let you go ahead and continue on. Yeah, no, that's probably why I forgot about it earlier because I'm like, ah, he lives. <laughs> but yeah, no, you're fine. He, he lives. So, which is good, which is nice. Uh, Jay Nelly can give his thoughts on that later. <laughs> but yeah, anyways. So, Peter goes and tells MJ that they will forget who he is and she's kind of freaking out at this point she just goes uh he you know she's like is can't we come in and come up with a plan or or something and she's like i don't want to do that i don't want to do that and he goes it's okay i'm gonna come and find you and i will explain everything i will make you remember me i will find you i will make you remember me and then he goes he says there's nothing we can do but I'll come find you, MJ. And she just goes, you better. If you don't, I'm just going to figure it out. I'm just going to do it again. I love you. And this is just almost like a tribute to Far From Home when we were there and she figured out who Peter was then. And um, she was like, you know, kind of tracking Peter the whole time. But Peter goes, I love you so. And MJ just says, tell me when you see me again. And then, of course, you know, this is really like the first time they actually kiss each other, I say. Like, you can tell there's emotion behind this. Before, it was kind of, I really loved it. Actually, ironically, before we started this show, I wrote a blog on this on Far From Home when it originally came out. It's actually on our Ridiculous Patronus site because it was right before we started the podcast. But it was how, like, their relationship was really more high school. Like, it was kind of like a quick kiss and stuff. And everyone loved it because how real like it was, right? But this is the first time you can actually really see their relationship bond grow, which I thought was great. Um, and at this point, so uh, this is where I was saying, so the villains start to disappear. Toby and Andrew then disappear, disappear. And then Strange does the spell and MJ is in tears. And Tom just well, webs off and goes off. Uh, the Statue of Liberty at this point is then normal again jonah jameson demands peter parker to reveal himself and only a coward doesn't show his true intentions so now no one knows who spider-man is anymore mj and ned are at the diner again and then peter comes by the diner she has no idea who peter is he orders a coffee and says congrats to mj Uh, for getting into MIT because he overhears them talking about it and MJ just goes my fellow engineer to Ned as he's like ordering a donut or whatever it was as uh, she's definitely all kind of awkward again towards him almost like when they first met in Spider-Man Homecoming and then MJ says I never get excited about anything about things I never get excited about things and Tom finishes the sentence and goes because then you'll never be disappointed and then that's that moment where you kind of know there's a spark again and that's a full circle moment and she goes 
I don't know. It just feels different this time for some reason. And then she asks Peter if there's anything else uh, he can, she can get her, get him. And then he's kind of, you can almost see like, you know, he's very tempted, but, you know, kind of almost in tears. And he just goes, see you around. And then just leaves the store. And then at this point, Peter is standing at May's grave and Happy shows up. And you kind of have this sense of hope that Happy remembers who Peter is. But he just goes, how did you know her? And Happy has no idea who he is. And he just goes, I knew her through Spider-Man. And then uh, he goes, so he goes, it hurts because they're gone. And then it hurts because you remember what they stood for. And you wonder if all that is gone too. And then it says, it's not gone. You keep it going to take care of yourself, okay? And this was like referencing almost like referencing Iron Man a little bit in a way, but I think in the way they were conversing. Um, but anyways, then Peter gets a new apartment. It was very similar to like Spider-Man 2 vibes, and he's entirely on his own at this point. Yeah, not completely. Suck it. Take a shot. Uh, and then all of a sudden you see that, you know, there's kind of been some costume development in the corner of something that's going on. And then, uh, and then I love this part because he puts Palpatine on the desk, like a little Lego Palpatine. It almost like felt to me like he's turned to the dark side now. Tom's going to fuck shit up. Let's get that fucking Venom symbiote, baby. <laughs> yeah. Spoiler alert. Any <laughs> too late. Anyway, so Peter gets a call. He jumps out the window. A gorgeous, beautiful scene, just like in the Amazing Spider-Man and then just like Toby's Spider-Man where, you know, they're doing the amazing acrobatics in the air. And you see it's like the classic light blue, uh, light blue bottoms on the suit. And then you got the classic red in the front. It has almost like Toby's symbol where the back is almost like Andrew's symbol. And it was like a combination of both. And you can tell he made it himself and he's just falling through the air and then all of a sudden just it just dives down and all of a sudden all of a sudden maybe take shots take five shots fucking slay fucking slay anyways <laughs> just falls down and the movie ends and then there is two scenes uh so the next scene we see after the first credits is eddie brock baby who we've talked about on this show before I'll let you take this credit scene. Take it away. So, I mean, I obviously didn't take notes on it, so it's just going to be best I can from memory. But he was sitting at a bar, and I think it almost seemed like it was Hawaii. That's what it kind of seemed like to me. And mm -hmm. it really kind of picked up from Venom's closing scene of talking about, like, how the room switched and changed to, like, this the, the one that they saw in there. Because remember when he first went in the room? It was, like, a nasty kind of run-down place. Then all... I don't want to say what Chase always says today, but uh, <laughs> like, I, like the the room switched with that multiversal swap, and so it was kind of a continuation of what happened at the end of Venom to also the multiverse first taking place, and then him telling the bartender what had happened there, and he was almost like in an argument with himself and with the bartender. You can hear Venom's voice in the background. 
uh, making his opinions known on things. But he, I don't exactly remember the conversation he had with the bartender. But it ended up being that he went to get up to leave, and the guy goes, you have to pay your bill, and he gets beamed in very similarly to how uh, they got beamed out, talking about Andrew Garfield, Tobey Maguire, all the, the villains. They got beamed out, and it seemed like he got beamed in somewhere else. And so to me, and my takeaway from it, we might finally have, because we got to see all the rest of the Sinister Six, we might finally have them in the same universe together, Tom Holland, and Tom Hardy, Venom and Spider-Man, finally making each other, they meeting each other head on. Because if you guys remember, they said this is all Peter Parker's fault, meaning, then I'm talking about the end of Venom, uh, Venom 2, I should say. At the end of Venom 2, they, they, they blame Peter, and you know their rule is that they can only eat bad guys, and they portrayed Peter Parker as a bad guy on the TV that they saw before the, like, after the, the, the multiversal swap there. So it's very possible now that we're going to get a little showdown with Venom and Eddie Brock thinking Peter Parker is the bad guy that they've got to go after. And I did think this last part was pretty funny too. Uh, he never ended up paying that bar tab, and the bartender got a little frustrated. <laughs> He's like, what the heck? Because he just disappeared into thin air. Uh, but I'm really excited for that to come to play with uh, Venom and Eddie Brock as Tom Hardy and then Spider-Man as Tom Holland. We're going to see where that goes in the future. There already has been a confirmed Spider-Man 4. And that's kind of what I remember from it. I don't know if you want to add anything to it. Maybe you actually wrote down the dialogue. I'm not sure. But that's like what I remember from it and the stuff I took away. But I'll let you kind of take your, your viewpoints on it. And we'll go to the last ever credit scene. Which, honestly, the second after credit scene, do we even have to do? Just simply because it was a trailer. It was like a movie trailer, right? It was just yeah, like it was a, a movie trailer. It was like just a yeah. movie trailer for the next one. But like we'll talk about it briefly. But I'll let you go ahead and take your thoughts and what you took away from the Venom part here. Yeah, you know, you nailed it. I was going to say it wasn't a Hawaii. Actually, the reason I figured this out was because on his hat, it says, welcome to Mexico <laughs> on Eddie Brock's hat. So they're in Mexico. But yeah, the bartender was just talking about how he blipped and Thanos disappeared all the families. And he was saying Eddie Brock was saying aliens don't disappear families. They eat brains. <laughs> it was fantastic. But you're exactly right. I think this is the perfect time for Eddie Brock's Venom to meet Tom because what other time is he basically just broken? Like, I, I think in a way he's still angry. Like, even though Toby and Andrew helped him, which was the only way for him to really get through it, uh, I think a loss like that still carries with you. And I, I think there's symbolism by the Palpatine on the desk. Sorry, I also Toby. think this, too. Like, not just because he lost M.A., but we got to think about it. Everyone that he confided in that knew his secret that he had to share that little moment with, like, no one knows him anymore. So now he really is alone, truly, because nobody else knows he's Spider-Man. Ned doesn't know. MJ doesn't know. Happy doesn't know. Aunt May's dead. So he really, truly feels all alone at this point. I don't think there's ever been a, a lower point for him. So, yeah, I, I, I agree. Yeah, and um, yeah, no, you nailed that scene though. And then all I'll say about the after credit scene, you know, we see it's the trailer for Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness. Uh, one thing that is cool, we do see Wanda pop up in the trailer. Doctor Strange kind of appears to be the villain, so I'm interested to see how that's going to be. But one thing I did want to say <laughs> the director of this movie is Sam Raimi. 
<laughs> Sam Raimi that did the Tobey Maguire Spider-Mans is going to be doing Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness. We will be covering it here on Factor Fantasy. Uh, when it does come out, add it to the list. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, that's all I'll say about that. I just thought it was ironic. But uh, yeah. anything you wanted to say about that? Just the last thing? thing is, like, I don't know if Doctor Strange is the bad guy himself, but we got to see Doctor Strange, like, face off with, like, an evil version of himself. We got to see right. Doctor Strange and then another Doctor Strange come through almost probably the multiverse, and that's going to be real interesting to see, like, the good Doctor Strange versus the evil Doctor Strange and what really kind of goes down there. But you're really excited to see that movie. That's coming out, what do you say, the summertime, I think, is what it was projected to come out. Yeah, it comes out, I think it's in May, and then Thor, Love, and Thunder comes out in July. Uh, man, it's a great time to be a Marvel fan, great time to be a Star Wars fan. So much on the plate. <laughs> it's so much. Added to the list, man. Added to the list. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> great time to be a Game of Thrones fan. <laughs> great time to be a Witcher fan. Hint, hint, hint. <laughs> Anyways, but yeah, it's... Uh, um, but yeah, I'll, I'll let you kind of start off on the debates, man, since I took the recap today. Sure. I mean, let's talk about, first before we get into the debates, like our overall takeaways from the movie. Like for yeah. me, I really did enjoy it overall. Like if I were to kind of give it like a grading scale on a scale of 1 to 10, I would probably go close to like 8.8 like to 9, somewhere in the 8.8 to 9 out of 10 range. There were some things that I really enjoyed. They brought a lot of nostalgia back. We got to see all the original characters from talking about the villains, well, outside of the Amazing Spider-Man, uh, Harry, and also the original Spider-Man, Harry. I'm glad we, we didn't need to see those those characters, though. I didn't really care that we didn't see them. But we got to see like the main villains. We got to see Green Goblin from the first Spider-Man. We got to see Doc Ock from the second Spider-Man. We got to see uh, Sandman from the third Spider-Man. Then we got to see uh, Curtis Connors as a lizard man from The Amazing Spider-Man, the Garfield one. And then also uh, we got to see Electro from The Amazing Spider-Man 2, the other Garfield ones. So we got to see them from all of the Spider-Mans that we got to, that we had from from Rip, honestly. So I thought the nostalgia part was brought back. They did a lot of cool one-liners that reminded us <laughs> of certain things. We got the comedy aspect that we wanted. Got to see some pretty cool action. We got to see, like, bad guys go against their own nature. Although, I will say, like, it wasn't really Doc Ock's fault. That chip did burn out on him, and the tentacles took control, talking about the second Spider-Man. So we got to see that fixed, and so he, we can kind of see him in a, in a positive light. He helped out the, the Spider-Man, which is something that, you know, with a broken chip he wasn't ever going to do. He wanted to kill Spider-Man. He, he brought him to Harry. Remember that? And then thought, he's like, oh, yeah, Harry couldn't finish the job because he wanted to kill him. So, it was good to see that. Uh, good to see Aunt May kind of talk him into doing the right thing. It could have been very, very easy just to press that button and send them all back to their demise back on their own, you know, universe and leave them dead. But he, but uh, Aunt May, her sacrifice kind of helped them kick into gear, doing the right thing versus the easy thing, which is to cure them and try to give them a chance. I thought that was great. Uh, there's a lot of things I didn't like about it too, though. Not that I didn't like, but I will say that I wish they would have done better. Uh, one of the moments that I really wish that they would have had, do you guys, I'm sure everyone who's any sort of Spider-Man fan has seen that meme and that comic portion of all three Spider-Mans like pointing at each other. 
I would have loved to see that yeah. on screen. Like, how cool would that have been to like them? Like, hey, you're you're me. No, you're me. Like, like, like doing that like that three way yeah. point. I would have loved to see that. They set it up perfectly to have that done. And I just don't know why it wasn't like that. But they decide they want to bring Tobey Maguire in in a trench coat and no suit. So whatever. Um, <laughs> I also I also think Toby should have died. I think that it was, it was a perfect setting to kind of have us go off with a great memory of him. He would died doing the right thing, saving Tom Holland from himself and making sure he didn't lose himself by you know, succumbing to rage like he did in the third Spider-Man. You know, he kind of lost himself a bit. And so to, to kind of stop him from going through that same pain but then dying in the process would have been perfect. I would have loved to see Toby go out like that. You know, that there's no shame in that at all. But they decided, I guess, they were going to keep him. Who knows? There's, I guess, Chase was talking about some rumors circling around that maybe yeah, we're not done with Toby just yet in the Marvel Universe. Who knows? Um, I also <laughs> I also think that uh, it would have been cool if we got to see all like the Uncle Bens from the past come in. I would have loved to see them and maybe them all kind of give words of advice. Even if they didn't survive the whole thing and yeah. they went back and they died back in their thing, it would have been nice to kind of get like some of the Uncle Bens back in just so they could say their last words to them, talking about like Andrew and Toby, say the last words that they needed to, you know, and have a good last moment before they returned back and they were they ended up dying again or whatever, becoming dead. So uh, realistically, what I thought about Toby's introduction, I should have I thought it should have come much later than it did and be a lot more impactful. Like, all it does is like, okay, here's Andrew, and that was great. Great for Andrew. That was a great entrance. And then it's like, okay, now that's done. Let's go right over to here to this circle and bring Toby in. Um, would definitely have liked to see him come in later. Definitely would like to see him come in in the Spider-Man suit where we think it's Tom Holland, but then it's not. I think that would have been great to kind of do it that way, uh, but they decided not to. It been I thought it had been super cool. Maybe someone was in trouble, someone that was important. I don't know, maybe Happy was in trouble, and... You know, you thought like Tom Holland was was gonna snap out of it from that rooftop and go after it, but it ends up being, you know, somehow Toby snuck in not through the portal, but maybe through like the multiversal shift, and it ends up being him that saves Happy or something. And when he's like, you know, Peter, and then he gives him a hug, and he like somehow the the mask comes off, and it's not the Peter that he thinks it's gonna be. Something like that would have been great, you know. And then I was, oh my gosh, it's, it's, it's Toby! Holy shit! And that would have been like the way to go, but. Uh, unfortunately, we we definitely did not get that. And just the last thing I thought that they could have really improved on, um, I didn't like how it was so easy for all of the Spider Men's, all the Peter Parkers, to make these cures for these these villains. It took them thirty seconds. Like what? <laughs> like no, you don't yeah. even know. Yeah, like you didn't study true. the disease. <laughs> you didn't study their ailments. Like you just went into the lab and oh. This, this will for sure cure this guy. This will for sure cure this guy. Like this will for sure cure this guy. Like they made the cures in 30 seconds. They, there's no thought into it, and we're just supposed to accept that it was that easy to develop these cures out of nowhere. I guess the thought behind it is technology's improved so much, but there was no studying of anything, no scientific experiments. We even saw in the old Spider-Man's, uh, how, you're talking about like the Toby ones, how long it took for Norman Osborn to even get as far with the Green Goblin. He got pushed to do the trial sooner because they were going to pull the funding. So you saw like, there was a whole process before you even got to the, that, that, the end, the ends, you know, there. So I don't know. I was just disappointed and thought it would, that they kind of rushed that part of the plot. Like, Oh, okay. It takes 10 seconds to whip up a quick cure. No problem at all. 
but yeah, those are just <laughs> those are just some of the things that I took away from it, both positively and negatively. Like I said, overall that was great. I would give it somewhere eight point eight to nine out of ten range, and that's that's my takeaways on it. I'll turn it over to you. Yeah, um, yeah, I think you're right on a lot of stuff. Um, I guess technically, like when they were like pointing at each other in the comics. I have seen a very close photo to when they were on the bridge, like when they were talking, but you're right, like it didn't happen. Like it didn't exactly happen that way, and they could have definitely capitalized on it. It came close, like they were all next to each other and kind of pointing, but Toby wasn't. But yeah, you're right, like it wasn't capitalized on. But I wasn't that upset about it because I, I liked the old, you know, the quips and the references. One thing I really did like about this movie is I think this is what really defines Marvel as a franchise as opposed to what DC has done wrong a lot. Not bringing up DC, but they're not afraid to be themselves. Like, I thought that's what was so great. Like, you know, I feel like DC would have tried to find, like, try to make up a situation on how Andrew could introduce himself and stuff and would probably stay away from the whole you know moments of bringing up nostalgia kind of comments from old movies and stuff but they gave the fans exactly what they wanted they wanted that sense of nostalgia whether it was cheesy or not like people have begged for it and it's shown in the box office it's been the third highest uh, opening weekend grossing movie of all time on opening weekend right now um and the only thing that's beat it is in game and a few others so far so i mean it's you know it's i thought it was fantastic that they weren't afraid to be their self where i think they could have gone a a little bit better on some things i did love the way andrew saved mary jane but i think in my opinion i think that scene should have happened over here i think that scene in my opinion probably should have happened more towards like i think they should have split up the battles a little more so i think there probably should have been a second battle in between like the one where tom was really broken down but it wasn't that intense at that moment with that battle being that long and there could have been like a smaller battle right after that and that's when mary jane was like thrown off the building and what happens is I would have liked to see Andrew come out of nowhere and catch her. Like, I think that would have been really cool. Like, instead of, you know, in the trailer or in the movie where you see, like, that hand coming towards Mary Jane, you think it's Tom, and it actually is just Andrew. Like, that would have been really cool to see. Um, I thought Toby's entrance was absolutely ridiculous. Like, I thought it was just stupid. Like, he just, like, walked in there out of nowhere. Uh, what would have been cool is to see Tom and Andrew team up by themselves trying to take on the whole Sinister Six. They're just beat to shit, beat to hell. They can't do it. Uh, they're not making any headway. Almost like, uh, you know, the long night in Game of Thrones. Like, everyone's fucked. And then all of a sudden, Toby comes in and just starts kicking ass. Like, that would be fucking great. Like, I would love that. Um, That would be absolutely phenomenal. The fans would have loved it. 
And then you could have had that whole like three team up moment after they're struggling, even at that point. Like that would have been an awesome scene. Like I think everyone would have really appreciated that. Um, but you know, overall, I, I don't have a whole lot to complain about. I thought it was great. I mean, I don't think it's like on the level, like so many people are like, it's greater than the Dark Knight now. No, come on, let's be realistic. Like the Dark Knight's in its own, own category. But I think it is it is a phenomenal movie. Like, I mean, there wasn't too much to even complain about. Like, you know, I understand you got to keep things flowing as far as time basis and that sort of thing. Um, I, I guess just like you, I'll give it, you know, I'll be generous. I'll give it an 8.9. 8.9. I mean, I, I thought it was great. I thought it was a fantastic movie. And, and what's so phenomenal about this is you did what most superhero movies struggle with. You had six villains in this that so many people fail to capitalize on. Spider-Man 3. <laughs> yeah, but you have six villains in this and you, you still found a way to make a story out of it that made sense for it all to happen but also bring the characters to another level that made the audience even connect more with them and i think that's what was so uh fantastic about it um quick question before we go into the debates why do you think explain why this film worked with so many characters as opposed to something like eternals didn't Jeez, this is basically the same question as we had for loki last week when we finished that up like <laughs> Why right. was it important? Like, why did we draw a connection to Mobius and old Loki versus the Eternals? So it's the same answer as last time, man. Like, we've known these characters for 20 years, like three of them for 20 years. We haven't seen them on screen for a long time. Then we got to see them all come up in, like, in actions where we are pulling people in from the past to go along with current events. And then we start to see changes in character. Like, you know, we get to see Doc Ock going from a bad guy to a good guy. We get to see um, the beginning part of that Sandman help out against Electro and the beginning part to help uh, Peter trap him into the, the Doctor Strange's dungeon thing. We get to, we get to see uh, Norman Osborn break down and, like, really go to see Aunt May and try to get help and really want to be saved. And, you know, obviously it's done, things didn't turn out that way because of the condition he has. But, you know, it, it was... It, it brought in a lot of, like I said, a, a good combination of nostalgia as well as stuff that's happening currently. And it helped... It really helps to drive a connection home. Like we These characters that we grew up with as kids... They were the same actors playing the same role, and they all looked somewhat relatively similar to how I remember them. It's, it's like they almost never left in a way, and I think it's a lot easier to draw connections from things you grew up with than being introduced to them out of nowhere for the first time ever and trying to follow it along, you know, 10 characters for 7,000 years and two and a half hours and expect to have any sort of, you know, connection. So. The answer stays the same for me as it did last week. It's just stuff we grew up with. These guys have been there since day one. They didn't have any actor changes for any of these characters. And it's amazing. Just think about the fact that all of these characters even stayed alive in real life that long. You know, the crazy things happen in life. People die. 
you know, people get sick, people don't act anymore, they just get, get up on it. We, we, we got exactly, these people look just, almost just like they did 20 years ago. So, I don't know, I think that has a lot to do with it. I don't think there's anything different from how I answered it last week, and I think if we get this question again, it's just going to be the same answers over and over. <laughs> but that's what I think. What about you? Yeah, fair enough. I think it's, I think you're right. I think it's the exact same. I think it, you know, people can say you know they took the cheap way out with nostalgia but it's true like i mean it it takes a long time to develop a connection with characters and that's what they really focused on was each of them really had their own individual movie before they were all brought in together whereas eternals was just kind of all thrown in there so but yeah you want to uh go ahead and kick off our debates yeah, um, my question, like, like, I got a couple ones. Like, this is, this one's not really a debate. I have a question, and I don't know. Maybe this is something that's been answered. I just didn't see the answer to it. But I was looking for it and didn't see it. And I know you watched it twice, so let me know if I'm wrong. But I, I know that they've done an homage to him in other works since his passing. But I didn't see any Stan Lee cameo at all. And yeah, I, I, not. yeah, and I just I, I want I don't know why like not even maybe like not even like a CGI of him but something in the background or something, uh, you know I don't know. I, do you have an answer to that? Uh, they're just not doing those anymore. <laughs> this is the answer? I mean, the original thought was they were gonna have uh, some people. I've heard fan theories like Deadpool was gonna try to take his place, but the last cameo stanley had was infinity war because he wasn't in uh he didn't have a cameo in endgame either yeah the thing is is i figured because spider-man was stan lee's crowning jewel of all of his works that he's done and to have all three spider-men in the same movie I felt like it was almost like owed to him to at least have a cameo in this one i get like not doing it for every marvel film but this was the biggest thing. It was a culmination of all of his works, you know. And I just felt that we really should have had some sort of homage to Stan Lee, even if he didn't want to make a CGI caricature of him. I don't know, put his name somewhere in the corner, somewhere like where we could barely see it, but it's like a little Easter egg. Like, do something. Maybe yeah. a picture. Maybe a picture of him in the back room. Like, just something, because I, it it rubs me the wrong way that we have all of these Spider-Men on screen that we've grown up with that were given to us by Stan Lee's own creation out of his own mind. He came up with Spider-Man yeah. and we didn't get anything. So I don't know. That's just my thoughts on it. Uh, it just, if, I just feel sad. Like I, I think it, that would have been really special for, I don't know if he's got any family left, uh, but I think that would have been great for his legacy. Yeah, I think so too. I agree. There should have been something in there. You're right. I mean, it was, uh, I think a lot of people forget if it really wasn't for Spider-Man, I mean, who really knows even where Marvel movies would be, honestly? Um, Who even knows? So, uh, yeah, I I think you're right. There should have been something in there. I got to agree with you on that. But yeah, I have no answer for it, unfortunately. Uh, then, then my next debate too and this is just more of a what do you think is going to happen type of question like where do we think this goes with Matt Murdock like as the lawyer 
Like, Hell what, yeah. What, like, like, like what, what are we going <laughs> to do? Yeah. Are we going to get, like, Daredevil and Spider-Man together like we get in the comics? Or are we going to have them, like, fighting alongside each other? Is this just something that isn't passing and it was, like, a tease? Uh, like, what do you, th- where do you think this is going to go? And how do you think it's going to play out with Matt Murdock? Uh, the problem is I can't give a lot of stuff away. Tune into the show Hawkeye. <laughs> That's all I can say for whoever's out there. But, um, I think this is going to go a long ways. Uh, but just watch the show Hawkeye. <laughs> That's all I got to say. Well, now I'm, I'm curious cause I haven't watched the show Hawkeye. So now I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing how this plays in. Cause you know, just from what I thought and what I saw on it, like him being the lawyer there and we got obviously we got to see him like catch that brick behind his hand so we know he's got like his abilities here spider-man and daredevil have a lot of adventures together in the comics and so if they're gonna pull that in i'm really excited about the direction that's gonna go so i'm really really hopeful for that um yeah and just i'm like because i'm really excited for eddie brock's venom to become part of marvel too now, if we add Matt Murdock to that, and who knows how that's going to go, I don't know. Do they team up and fight Venom? Is like Venom going to be too much for Spider-Man like initially? Uh, there's just so many different ways that they can kind of go with this, and who really knows? I know I'm only speaking from this without watching Hawkeye, so maybe some things are answered there, but I'm just really uh, really curious about how that's going to go. And then my, yeah. last, my last question is, uh, do we think that the door is open? And I know they kind of said it, and we kind of talked about it a little bit and you mentioned it yourself but do we think that is really going to come to pass where ned becomes hobgoblin is that is that the direction we think they're going to go if not do you think he is going to turn you know against peter parker at some point in time and if so what's that going to look like i mean it could my personal opinion That's my personal opinion is I don't see that happening because they gave him the Doctor Strange powers. Like I could see him maybe becoming like a, you know a side guy of like Doctor Strange or something. I just feel like if they were already gonna do that, I mean it could possibly because he can't remember who Tom is, but i don't know it's tough to say i would probably say probably not by this point because i feel like there's so much they already have to do like they're trying to get venom into it i mean he could possibly even get the venom suit right i I mean who really knows um my issue is if he was gonna like turn on peter if he's gonna turn on peter i don't think he's gonna become hobgoblin because he's already got doctor strange powers does that make sense it makes sense in a way i almost disagree and think because he has a doctor strange powers that is going to kind of lead into it maybe i don't know if it's going to become to like a power trip or if he feels he's going to be he should be more important now because he's got like these wizard powers too i think the i think the chance is there man i think it's a really good chance that he becomes hobgoblin and maybe he even uses some of those powers that he learns who knows if he's going to go through the training to be one of the new sorcerers, you know, and if he does, and what if he like, what if he flips sides and, you know, he uses that against Peter and against, you know, the other, you know, Wong and Dr. Strange. I, I'm curious. I'm just really wondering. I think that it could happen. I, I think that it will happen. Is it going to be Hobgoblin specifically? 
I don't know, but I definitely think I definitely see him flipping the switch to a villain role for at least a little bit. I don't think it's gonna be like he's gonna die as a bad guy. I think maybe he'll be able to make his way back to the good side. But I think if, like we'll get, I think we'll get a good year or so of Ned being a villain of some way, shape, or form. So it I guess, could be. You never know, man. <laughs> you <laughs> never know. It'd be badass. Sure. They left the That's door open for sure. it by saying it, right? They they are the ones that mentioned it itself, like a little thing. He's like, I'll never turn against you, Peter. I'll never try to kill you. Well, I, you know, now you just kind of open the door for it. Um, but that was, those are yeah. just the debates that I had. So I'll turn it over to you to do your debates, and then we'll get out of here. Yeah, man. Um, first one is, so uh, I would say, so Kevin what do you think i feel like based on this movie i have three debates so the first one is i feel like based on this film if anyone's gonna take up the mantle to try to be like the next leader of the avengers or anything right i feel like the one that can do it now is based on something like this that can actually pull this whole mcu on his shoulders now that we're missing you know robert downey jr's gone Chris Evans is gone. No Captain America, no Iron Man. I feel like if anyone's going to lead him now, it's Tom. And he's proved himself that he is Spider-Man now. Like, he's won the world over by being Spider-Man with how he's been able to put together the Spider-Verse with now Toby and Andrew, right? So... My question to you is, do you feel like Tom is going to be the next big leader of the Avengers? Or does he? do you think he has the potential to do it down the road? I think he's got the potential to do it down the road. I will say, I wouldn't say everyone loves him right now because no one remembers who he is. That's kind of where we right. were like left off of. like No one knows that him and the other Spider-Men from the Spider-Verses like, were together because Doctor Strange had to do that. So I think I think in the short term... like. I, to me, I believe Doctor Strange is probably still the most powerful Avenger, or him or Thor. But Thor is already giving up his mantle. I remember that he he gave that up already. So I definitely think the potential's there, and he will eventually lead it. I just don't think he's quite ready yet. Uh, maybe I don't know, one or two more big movies, and he'll be there. But I think in the meantime, I think Doctor Strange is gonna have a lot to do with being a a big figurehead of the avengers and also we can't we can't rule out wanda either you know wanda yeah. is as someone that they could really rally around as well and she's supposed supposedly the strongest of all the avengers and has the most you know ability out of everyone so it, it really depends on which way they decide to go i do think that he has the potential and i think eventually that's probably where it's going to lead but i don't think we should forget about wanda or dr strange because i think they're going to play really integral roles and i do believe they're more advanced they're older and they've got better control of their powers i believe than tom in this point in time as spider-man or peter parker so that's my thought process what about you yeah no i i i think you're right i think as of right now like of course so if you don't know it is true jane ellie and i were talking about this earlier they've already signed on for another three so another three films that he's gonna do i think you're right i think it's gonna take some time and i think now is gonna be more focused on the venom side of things is what it's gonna be more focused on 
which that brings in a whole nother like aspect later like you know what if he does have eddie brock on his side and then you have this whole multiverse thing going on i mean can you even imagine right like what if the avengers are in some like fight getting their ass handed to them and then all of a sudden dr strange does his little circle thing and then tom shows up with potentially andrew or and potentially toby and andrew and venom like holy shit <laughs> like what just happened like that'd be fucking badass right but i think you're right i think right now it's just you know he's gonna be focused more on where he's at and trying to get people to remember him um i will say i feel like as far as audience acceptance right i think you're right like i i do think they have bought into they really like i think all of us really like wanda and dr strange but i feel like it is kind of being set up for him just based on the way iron man has brought him up does that make sense for sure that's what i said like eventually i think you're right i just don't think it's gonna happen like immediately or, or like i said like one or two more movies big movies and probably we'll be ready but not quite yet yeah uh quick question on that and then we'll move over to my last two here um do, what do you think it'll take for like say like wanda or dr strange or you know captain marvel or all these big people guardians of the galaxy that sort of thing to ever feel like he is the prominent role like he should be calling the shots it's gonna take something like the other avengers not turning on each other but not coming together and have it's gonna have him like kind of bring them together to reconcile their differences and kind of work together for the greater good so maybe in this multiverse of madness like dr strange and wanda have a falling out and they're at odds or something or maybe like the evil dr strange gets the better of our dr strange from what we saw in the trailer and and we've got to overcome that it's gonna it's gonna be like overcoming some major difficult obstacle that because uh, spider-man booing who spider-man is as a person they realize he's got leadership qualities that are beyond what they may be better than him like ability wise but maybe he shows that his leadership skills uh, are are beyond what their leadership skills are and they realize that you know just because you're the strongest or most powerful doesn't mean you're the best to lead and it's going to come down to something like that that's my thought process what about you yeah no i think that's what it's i mean even look at you know what we saw in captain america civil war like they had to split them all up for you know you kind of had the leaders of both sides right so i think it is going to take something like that um it'll be interesting to see because if you go back to endgame and infinity war i feel like especially like captain marvel and all these people they just saw him as like a kid so the one thing I'm most excited for, which this is way down the road, especially way down the road on this show, um, when he comes back, like say this is like the last film of the new three, right? How they perceive him, like I feel like he's going to turn into a little badass. Like he's, I, I just have this feeling like based on what he's going to learn, 
through this whole trial i think there keep in mind they will have seen him from the time of in game to whatever the next point is you know over this next whatever 10 years possibly right or possibly 10 years and i think it's almost even going to be i mean i think it will he will kind of be i don't really see him as like a toby per se like toby's fucking jacked <laughs> like toby's jacked and andrew but yeah you know andrew's like super tall and skinny but it'll be interesting kind of like one of those dragon ball z moments like when goku jumped out of the hyperbolic time chamber <laughs> like it'll be pretty badass or like gohan growing up right so I, I'm interested to see, but I think it's going to take something like that. You're right. Like something that's going to bring them together from where they were all basically torn apart before. And it, I think it's going to have something to do with the universes, just like you were saying, like the whole multiverse. Um, next question is, so remember Tom, uh, he was saying he will do whatever it takes to find MJ and get her back, right? during this next three movies that they're going to film do you think tom during this time period is going to find a new love interest like necessarily say they bring in felicia like the black cat or something else and then he goes back and finds mj at the end or do you think this whole time he's going to keep trying to pursue mj i think this would be a great time to introduce like a gwen stacy type yeah. deal like that's That'd be a, a great way to go about it, because uh, we had Gwen Stacy in all of the other Spider Men. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like we had like that Spider Man three for the Toby ones had Gwen Stacy there. Uh, obviously, like Emma Stone in the Amazing Spider Man, she was there as Gwen Stacy. We're just missing Gwen Stacy for Tom Holland's side of stuff. So uh, that's the this is the perfect moment to do that to enter that. So I do think that he will have tried a few times to get MJ back or like trying to like convince her, but she won't go for it. And it's going to be cause like she can kind of maybe sense the desperation on him and not letting it, he's not letting it happen organically. He's trying to force it because he is so he wants her to be where he's at in his mind with where they are in the relationship. And there's going to be like that divide there. And I think, you know, with her, maybe she'll go and start seeing other people and you know it's gonna pave the way for like Gwen Stacy, a Gwen Stacy, whoever it may be, to slide on in and steal his attention for a little bit before. Uh, I think what's gonna end up happening is like, and I think they they set it up for a perfect full circle moment here too when she said, "I'll just figure it out again." I think that's what's gonna happen is MJ's gonna figure out that Peter Parker is Spider Man somehow, and then you know that'll that'll work out that way that's what i think it's gonna happen if it's not what's gonna happen it's what should happen because that was pretty badass if i do yeah. say so myself but that's my thoughts what about you what do you think yeah i gotta absolutely agree i mean i think it'd be perfect for gwen stacy so i mean i don't know who necessarily that would be um i can't think of someone off the top of my head right now that would be like a perfect gwen stacy at like tom's age do you know anyone that's like a millennial Gwen Stacy I don't Emma Stone man. was perfect I think in my opinion I thought Emma Stone was great yeah I agree I thought she was great for the Garfield films um I have no idea who would be a great uh great Gwen Stacy for this this age no idea oh you know who would be a great Gwen Stacy I just thought of it hint hint this is coming up soon 
Marcella from The Witcher. You mean Cirilla? Cirilla. <laughs> Sorry, my bad. <laughs> I was like, Marcella? Cirilla, that's her name. The princess girl. I just don't think she's well known known enough. Like if, when they hit that, I know she, like the other Gwen Stacy from the the Spider Man three wasn't well known either. But then they kind of knocked it out of the park with Emma Stone. So I feel like you have to have someone who's very like prominent in a role. So maybe like a like uh, Amelia Clark or something. Man, I don't know. She would have to be so much younger. Yeah, I know. <laughs> she's the damn yeah, dragon just, queen. She would overtake his ass. Like that. Yeah, I got <laughs> Get no the idea. fuck out of here. I love Spider Man, but fuck you, Tom Holland. Just kidding. I love you, Tom Holland. But no, like fucking Amelia Clark would slay that ass. Sorry, she's the queen. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, so I just truly don't know who would be a Gwen, good Gwen Stacy. But yeah, man, what about uh, debate number three? Yeah, man, the last one here. So the last one is we have actually already had rumors that andrew is gonna be doing more spider-man films uh possibly we don't know but toby did not die where do you see this going do we do you think we will ever see them pop up again with tom yes i do and i think it's gonna come into the introduction of miles morales I really think that they're gonna all come Hell together yeah. in in that in that way, shape, or form. I don't believe the Spider Verse is over. Obviously, if you guys have watched into the Spider Verse, you'll know a little bit about Miles Morales, and we're just waiting for him to make his appearance. And I think that is the perfect opportunity to slide uh, Andrew back in for sure. Uh, Toby, because like I know Andrew is confirmed. Like they they're in talks. They're they confirmed that they're in talks. I don't know if anything's been signed yet, but they confirmed they're in yeah. talks with Andrew about jumping on for more marvel projects and you know since he like you said toby didn't die that could be an opening for that too so that's where i think it we would see them again uh do you agree do you have another idea what do you think uh i think it could be i mean i think a great spot for him to slide in or both of them to slide in would be you know whatever the big like avengers movie is like at the very end i think it would be good you know what i would love to see is if say just like in uh in game where or you know how we have loki now with guardians with uh what's her name what's the green girl <laughs> that died <laughs> what's Talk her name gamora gamora yeah so like how we have gamora and like another loki you know what i would love is if they got Emma Stone to be Spider-Gwen and she came in from like another universe for Andrew, that would be absolutely fantastic. And then they had Miles come in. I would think that would be great. Um, I would love that. I saw a funny like fan poster where you know how you have like Spider-Man Homecoming, Spider-Man Far From Home, Spider-Man No Way Home. Someone made a fan poster that had like Tom Holland's boot and then like a Miles Morales shoe and it said Spider-Man homies. <laughs> so I thought that was pretty cool. Uh, I did see another one too that was funny today. It was uh, it was like the COVID-19 edition. It said Spider-Man work from home. <laughs> it was like him working from home. <laughs> I thought it was great. <laughs> I thought it was fantastic. But yeah, I think that's where you see them. I think... Um, they're either going to pop up at some point in these next three movies or, uh, you know, 
that big like we're gonna have something that's almost like an avengers movie again and i think that's where they would pop up like probably as a last resort or or something like that um so yeah that's my thoughts on it but yeah man any closing uh closing statements there you think i think that does i mean this has been one of our longer ones that we have done this year but it was the biggest film of the year so it's something that we you know we wanted to make sure we did this thing justice and again uh, if you stuck through this whole way and we're glad that you watched it as early as you did uh, if you guys are just a glutton for punishment and you decided you wanted to hear all the spoilers, well, that was on you. We gave you the warning earlier. But, uh, you know, with, the, with these big ones, especially with something like this that was rumored to happen and then it did happen the way it came out and it did everything that it was supposed to do, we're absolutely going to take the, the necessary time to do it justice. And I believe we, we did so there. But, you know, that being said, I think that's a great kind of place to wrap everything on up. So for our new listeners, if you're brand new here, welcome. You guys can follow us on a multitude of platforms, social media. Uh, we have Instagram, at Official Ridiculous Patronus. We have TikTok, at Ridiculous Patronus. We have our Facebook fan page, at Chase and Josh Factor Fantasy. We've got Twitter, at RP Factor Fantasy. We've got Snapchat, RP Factor Fantasy. We've got RidiculousPatronus.blogspot.com for our own site that Chase keeps updated, which is fantastic. Uh, on top of that, um, you know, we also have a secondary Instagram site as well that we use for stuff that we cover specifically on Factor Fantasy, which is at fact underscore or underscore fantasy for both that Instagram and a separate TikTok. Working on getting some uh, content on there because as of right now, there is none for the TikTok, but uh, stay tuned because there will be soon. And from there, you know, for the people who have already stuck with us, you already know all that. But please, if you haven't done so yet, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Leave us uh, any sort of comments on any sort of uh, platform that you want to. We are everywhere that you can get your podcasts. So if you guys are big iPhone users, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, like we mentioned. You can find us on iTunes. Uh, If you're Android, we're on Google Play. We're on Spotify, iHeartRadio, our host site, Podbean. Anywhere you get your podcasts, you can find us there. So, uh, I mean, I think this has been a great culmination the very last episode that Chase and I will do in 2021. It was an absolute pleasure bringing it to you today. We're out for the year because you know this has been another ridiculous production. Chase and Josh. Back to Fantasy. Signing, signing off. off.